Welcome, everybody, to Books with Cooks, a podcast for bookies and foodies. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Alex. And we're two cousins who are also best friends who love to read. Yeah. And I love to cook. And I cook to survive. We'll be reviewing, analyzing, sometimes overanalyzing, and discussing the books we're currently reading, as well as new and old recipes from our kitchen to yours. By the way, we're real people with real families. So you may hear cats, dogs, birds, babies, and husbands. So enjoy that bonus material. Now let's get booking and have a tasty chat. at the end of this episode for some bloopers and bonus content. Welcome back to the snack. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. (laughs) We're we're here with a special guest. Dana, say hi to the people. Hi, everyone. Welcome, Dana. (laughs) All right. Excited to be here. Yay. So Dana is a teacher also, and I heard that she's going to be giving us a pop quiz later today. We like our pop quizzes around (laughs) her. So what's everybody snacking on? Alex? Dana? I just have my coffee today, so I don't have a snack. What kind of coffee? It's my usual. It's well, this time I did the chocolate mulatto uh, with my espresso and oat milk. Nice. Yeah. Yum. No snacks. No snacks. I we had an issue with our recordings earlier, and I've literally had no appetite all day as a result. So <laughs> <laughs> no snacks today. No snacks. I'm eating uh, my usual, the uh, chocolate-covered uh, almonds and my sugar-free Red Bull. I nice. am not original whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Dana? Um, I don't have my life together enough that I'm just finishing up my dinner. <laughs> so that's my snack. That's what fine. are you eating? Yeah, what'd you have for dinner? Um, well, actually, it's inspired by uh, your ingredients from the week. So I nice. made fried rice. All <laughs> right. <Ooh>, yummy. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we were just having a big conversation over here about Frida McFads, Frida yeah. McFad fad. So Dana, you were going to tell me, we were discussing how Dana read uh, the, ha- the housemaid, but before she did, she read their last Mrs. Parrish. Yeah. So tell me yeah. all the deets. And- I read that. Uh, I, I heard it's very similar. It's too similar. I love mm-hmm. The Last Mrs. Parish. I read that. And then it was like a couple months later, I started reading The Housemaid. And halfway through, when you get to the point where you change perspectives, I was just like, wait a second, what is happening? This is the same book now. Like, <laughs> oh my what? God. I'm like, this is exactly what happened. And it was like, no, okay, something's gonna be different. It was just so many details lined up that were so similar that I just couldn't get over it. I was like, all right, I just it lost me at that point. I was like, now I'm disappointed in this book. But yeah, yeah. which um, came out first? What book? The Last Mrs. Parish. Okay. Oh, and I did that immediately. I was like, Google search. <laughs> who copied yeah. who? I need to know <laughs> who's the copycat here. <laughs> or sometimes it's just a coincidence too, and you'll see that like two yeah. books came out at like almost the same time, or you know, very closely together. That it could it wasn't feasible for it to have been copied. I, I've seen that sometimes with books. 
but yeah yeah I'm surprised but is it very similar like even like uh, don't tell me but the ending I don't even know why I'm asking because I want to read it (laughs) (laughs) It, not there are definitely parts that like don't line up but it is very similar Mm -hmm. well we might have to do the miss uh the list Mrs. Parrish up on here check out the similarities and the differences yeah yeah this was recommended to me too by uh my friend Cassie so I'm I'm definitely want to read it check it out yeah but I'm upset now that it's going to be very similar to the housemaid because I <laughs> I love the housemaid. <laughs> I think um, my feelings towards like Millie compared to like who her equivalent is in the last Mrs. Parish is very different though. Oh. Like, oh, you um, told me this the other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other one, you're just kind of like too bad for you. <laughs> like, that sucks. <laughs> but, like, Interesting. Less sympathetic. Less right. sympathetic. Yes, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, if yeah. we read uh, The Last Mrs. Parrish, then maybe you can come back on and we can have a discussion about the the differences and, and the similarities between the two books. That'd be yeah, fun. definitely. Yeah, recurring guest up in here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, what are your favorite top three Frieda McFadden books? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, I loved um, Never Lie. Oh, okay. Yeah. One one by one. And uh, Ward D. Okay. Yeah, Ward D. That was a good one. Okay. Yeah. These are all on my TBR. I actually downloaded <laughs> Never Lie on uh, Kindle Unlimited because it's on there. All of her books, oh, yeah. I think, or most of them are on there. Oh, that's mm-hmm. how I started. I got the Kindle Unlimited and I was like, I'm just going to keep reading all of her books. And that's just, <laughs> Seriously, like... you could just <laughs> stop one and then just re-download another one and just keep yep. Freedom McFadding. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. McFadding. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, do you usually read on your Kindle? Or do you mix it up? Yes. Or, yeah. No, I, I used to be so much like I had to have a hard copy book. Like that just had to come with me. I was like, I can't. Yeah. And then one day I made the switch and I'm like, why would I ever carry a book with me ever again? Like <laughs> it takes so much space. Like why? I had the same thing. There was like a while back when the e-readers first became popular and I was like a snob and I was like, no, you need to have the physical copy. (laughs) And then it was the same thing. I like just actually got it for me as a gift for her wedding. And when I started using it, I was like, oh, my God, I get it now. Like, this is so much easier. (laughs) You have your whole library in the palm of your hand. Yeah. It's just cool. I'm sort of in between right now. I never thought anything would switch me over because I do like reading digitally, but sometimes I really just want a physical copy. Lately, since we got the scribe, I swear I might convert now, but (laughs) I've always been more of a physical girl, like physical reading girl. Yeah. And I still do love my fizzy copies. But now, since we had a physical copy recently, it was so different. I told you. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, man, I really wish this was on the, the Kindle. <laughs> and that never happened to me before. So I always found like I won't have the book with me when I'm like, I have somewhere like I'm in a waiting room or something. I forgot to bring it and then I can't read. And that's like, I could always just pull up my phone and have yeah. the Kindle app. And I'm like, no matter where I am, I can just yeah get back to reading. <laughs> I did that recently. I was at my hair appointment and I just pulled it up on my phone. I was like, this really does make it easy. I did that today at my nail appointment. I had to wait an extra 15 minutes and I pulled up one dark window and I was like, all right, I guess. (laughs) So funny. I worked. I hate reading it on the phone though because of the, it's so harsh on your eyes. Yeah, it hurts my eyes. I always try to change the background. First I had it, it was like a beige color. And then I, they don't, they have like a greenish color. I was like, let me try this. And I just go back and forth with it, but it does it. It's much more harsh on your eyes than the Kindle is. 
Yeah, you could put it in the dark mode, but I don't like reading like that. The dark mode hurts like my eyes more else. when it's black and white. Yeah, I like everything oh, dark mode, like on my computer, everything on my phone. But when it comes to reading, it's not like a book and I hate it. I won't do it in dark mode. <laughs> okay. It might just be a new thing. I don't know. That's like how I read though, in dark mode always. I have it that way. I used to with like the black background and the white letters. But yes, then one yeah. time I was reading for like a few, probably a few hours. And when I looked up, I literally was seeing white lines everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I think I'm like destroying my eyeballs. I don't know what just happened, but it took like five minutes for me to stop seeing like white lines everywhere. Yes, that's on the phone. Whenever I read yeah. an article or something on the phone and you look away, you'll just see the lines and they stay for a while. Yeah. Definitely not good for your eyes. Especially because I'll do it like in the dark too. So it's even worse. If you have a light on, it's not as bad. <laughs> I'm in the dark here. I'm, I'm in the dark here. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your day, Dana? Um, it was all right. Not too bad. I uh, had the day off from work. So Ooh, nice. uh, that was exciting. <laughs> it's always yeah. a nice little bonus day. I noticed that there were kids out today and I was like, why aren't you in school? <laughs> like a Karen. I was like, why are these kids running around today? What are you, the kid Karen? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, uh, Yom Kippur. So we have no school today. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. Hmm. okay. Nice. Well, it's good that you got a little, a little break. That actually makes sense, too, because I know you were telling me that you took your daughter to the, the doctor and it, it never really clicked to me that that would be unusual if you were working. <laughs> yeah, that's why I do my bonus area. Orthodontist appointments. Yay. <laughs> it is a bonus. I don't have to do it like after work one day. So That's true. How are the girls, Dana? Good. Good. Uh, getting so big. Yeah. Uh, yeah, baby's almost two and destroying everything. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> thinking you know hasn't really understood her uh place in the hierarchy she thinks she's in charge of everyone <laughs> um, makes sense yeah and you know, my older one just got her ears pierced and has Aww. a phone now and she's just too she cool has for a everyone phone? she does she has a right, phone now i really feel old <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saved her number in my phone yesterday. Stop. Made me feel up too. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh man. Well, now my old lady bones have to go to sleep. So you guys sleep. We just started, you know, new school year. And one of my students, I'm like noticing the name. I'm like, oh, do you have a brother? She's like, oh yeah, you taught my brother. I was like, oh, okay. I remember him. I was like, what grade is he in? She's like, he's in a senior in high school. I was like, I'm <gasps> sorry, what? Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, that was like two years ago. She's like, no, he's a senior. I'm like, okay, now I feel old. <laughs> oh my God. What, what grade do you teach? You're middle school, right? Sixth grade, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, now he's a senior. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, time just flies. I hate it. Yeah, I don't like it. It needs to just not, <laughs> just, just not fly and just stop. Sometimes. Fun oh, story man. about Dana being a teacher. Yesterday, we had brunch with our other friend, and she was telling us about how the students from last year <laughs> were telling their new teachers that they're scared of. Um, really, you're yeah. scary. So a little I'll, bit. <laughs> they were saying that they were afraid of Miss Dana. Because she's so strict. <laughs> Yikes. Why? What do you do? You go in there and beat them with rulers or something? <laughs> What's happening over there? <laughs> no, you just, you know, you got to be strict with the rules. And uh, you forgot your gym clothes. Too bad. You're not going to your locker. Yeah, she, like, yesterday she was like, they, these kids, you're allowed to go to your locker three times a day. They just think they can go whenever they want. And I don't let them. Not on my watch. <laughs> okay. 
Damn. I know. It's <laughs> terrifying. I- I'm scared of my pop quiz today now. I know. Me right? too. <laughs> little hat. We had my friend Hallie on recently and little Hallie was like, you know, she's all like nice and sweet. And then as soon as it went on for her to be a teacher, she was like, all right, pens on your heads. I, know. <laughs> and I was like, okay. She was like, <laughs> she was like, get a pen. So I was trying to get a pen and she's like, Alex, pen up. Pen up. I was like, I didn't, I'm not ready. I didn't get one yet. <laughs> I know. She was like, what is that? Is that a pen? She's like, yeah, it's digital. She was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, you bet you're going to whip us into shape? <laughs> yes, no, 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 no. It's, it's as easy. As, as long as we follow the rules, we'll be yeah, okay. As long, exactly. If we don't follow the rules, I'm scared. <laughs> um, I heard the books you read. I'm, I'm a little terrified of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you like Stephen King, by the way, or no? I have never read anything by him. I want to pick up his book, uh, Fairy Tale. I heard really good things about it. I heard it's a little different from his usual. I don't like to be scared. I'm afraid his books are going to be like too scary for me. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. like things like I like suspense and mysteries, like, but I don't want to be like terrified and have nightmares. And some books I have read where I'm just like, I can't put it down, but this is terrifying me every page. And I just have to keep (laughs) reading because it will be scarier not to know what's going to (laughs) happen. Right. Yeah. I would imagine like it, I don't, I'm not scared of clowns, but everybody says, uh, even though you're not scared of clowns, that that book is terrifying to read. Mm. Yeah. I've heard that. Jen is the horror girly. She, I know she's read, I think, most of Stephen King's works. And then she goes to sleep right after. I'm like, how? <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. But then she'll be like, I had some really scary dreams last night. I'm like, I wonder why <laughs> you fell asleep with it on your face. <laughs> <laughs> with it on your face. Yeah. <laughs> When I taught fifth grade, I used to teach um, in the elementary school and I had a student bring that in as her like silent reading book. And I had to like call the parents and be like, I just want to make you aware that, you know, she said that you gave her permission and everything. And they're like, oh yeah, no, she loves that. And I'm like, um, okay, like you're her parents. So like, I just didn't, I thought maybe you didn't know what she grabbed at the library or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What teach what what student was this? Annabelle? <laughs> <laughs> what kid was this? Yeah. Kid from the ring? Like what's happening? That's a I big book for a fifth grader too. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Aside from just being a more mature book. There's I, I've never read it, but I've seen things online and that there's like a lot of things in there that aren't included in the movies, because I have seen the movies and it I, I'm pretty sure there's like a lot of like sexual content in it. Really? Yeah, I yeah. heard that too. That's surprising. But- I know, right? And it's like with kids and stuff. Like there's, it's creepy. Yeah. What do you mean it's with kids and stuff? Yeah. I'll send you these videos because you're going to be annoyed by it. Do I want to see the videos? (laughs) I mean, maybe not. But I mean, the one I'm thinking of specifically was just a stupid TikTok. But the guy was like, hey, Stephen. He was like talking to Stephen King. He's like, about this one part in the book, do you think we could change it? And like the Stephen King character was like, hey, listen, it's in the book. We can't change it. The guy was like, but you're the author. So technically (laughs) you can. (laughs) Yeah, definitely send that to me. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to get into our word of the day? Oh, sure. All right. You guys ready? I think so. We had a good conversation. <laughs> okay, it's time for the word of the day. Remember, we encourage our listeners to use these words in your daily conversations and with us on our socials. Each word of the day will come from the Word of the Day Vocabulary Workbook by Franny the Pucks, Francine Puckley. Follow the link in bio to get a copy for yourself. Without further ado, today's word of the day is... Idiosyncrasy. 
spelled I-D-I-O-S-Y-N-C-R-A-S-Y, pronounced Id-E-O-Sync-R-A-C-Y. It is a noun that is defined as an off-behavioral or personality characteristic. For example, I hope you can overlook Mr. Johnson's idiosyncrasy of using rough language with outside salespeople. Jess and Dana, let's come up with some examples <laughs> to help us remember. Okay. <laughs> can you uh, think of an example? <laughs> well, I really want to know what Mr. Johnson does to these outside salespeople. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> rough language. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, I would say Nina, nice. Nina Winchester uh, used a variety of idiosyncrasies with Millie in this novel. Um, Yeah, definitely. And I was thinking that uh, the daughter, I think, was it Cecilia? Yeah. Her wardrobe was pretty idiosyncratic. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. She's speaking of Annabelle, right? Yeah. (laughs) Creepy. Getting Annabelle vibes from her. My my example was also with Nina, uh, just that she demonstrated a lot of idiosyncrasies, especially at the beginning of the book where she's doing a lot of crazy things. Yeah, yeah. I would say she's a little idiosyncrasy. A new word. Yeah, she was terrifying. I was like, can you leave? I was like screaming at the book. I was like, Millie, get yeah. out. <laughs> Um, as soon as she went into the attic and there was that lock on the outside of the door, I was like, what are you doing? Run as far as you can. (laughs) Well, let's get to a little tiny bit of trivia. Not too much, but just a little, just a smidge of trivia (laughs) about the word idiosyncrasy. So on the sitcom, The Big Bang Theory, much is made of Sheldon's idiosyncrasies. I never really watched that show. Me either. I've never seen it. it. Okay. (laughs) Everybody it's, always watches it. <laughs> I was just going to say that it's so funny that none of us did because people love that show. Like people mm-hmm. really do. I've tried. I turned it on once or twice and I just couldn't, just couldn't do it. It looks super no. corny. I've I've only ever seen like commercials for it. And it just looks like, I'm not a big sitcom person, which makes me sound like I hate comedy, but I'm just not really a <laughs> sitcom after. type of person. <laughs> I hate to, I hate to feel joy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that brings us to our speech series. So in our speech series, we like to pull things from Well-Spoken Thesaurus by Tom Keeler to broaden our speech, enhance our speech a little bit. And we like to share that with you guys so that you could do the same. So for today, instead of saying dawn, like dawn is coming soon, you could say at first light. (laughs) I will see you at first light. So let's come up with some examples for at first light, such as, uh, I will get up for work to clean the house, Millie said, at first light. I don't know why she has a British accent. (laughs) I feel like you need a British accent to say at first light. At first light. light. Yeah, it sounds like old English. I love it. Uh, At first light, you may feel sympathy for Andrew. And then that changes. Yeah. Very good. Definitely changes. (laughs) Oh, I'll say yes. Although, do you at the end again? Hmm. No. (laughs) Debatable. (laughs) Debatable. Debatable. Cousin conflict. (laughs) So when Enzo Mm -hmm. is worried about Millie, he essentially tells Nina, we must ride at dawn to save Millie. And instead he could say, we must ride at first light to save Millie. 
<laughs> Wait, in the beginning of the novel, I was saying, hmm, this book is like dawn. At the end, I was like, first life, first life. <laughs> oh. Right. oh that was fun. <laughs> All right. So let's go to our question of the day and our rapid fire round. Guys, you ready? You ready to get serious for two minutes? All right. I'm ready. All right. So I will start a timer for two minutes and we will have to say animals you can't keep as pets as many as you can think of in two minutes. Y'all ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) We're starting in five, four, three, two, one. Animals you can't keep as pets. Go. Lions, tigers, tigers, bears, 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 bear, polar bear, alligator, panda, (laughs) panda, yes. Bald eagle. Um, uh, vulture. A fox. You can keep a fox as a pet. Technically, but you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> the best skunk. skunk. Oh, yeah. I don't want to. Raccoons? Squirrels. Raccoons. I mean, you can, but. I mean, I mean, people take have things as pets that they shouldn't, but. Um, Hippopotamus. Anteater. Hippopotamus, definitely. They snap you in half. Rhinoceros. <laughs> An elephant. An ostrich. A giraffe. A zebra. Yes. yes. Did you ever see that video on the TikTok uh, one? Yes. Oh, Karen, she's oh, yeah. evil. I don't um, watch videos. <laughs> I would um, say any big cat really shouldn't. A large yeah. snake, a, a like puma, right? Anaconda, anacondas, a panther, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, python, rattlesnake. Suddenly, I can't think of many animals in the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Scorpion? I don't know. Can you have a scorpion yes. as a pet? Should you? No. No, you should not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, mosquitoes. Ew. <laughs> oh, this is my pet Animal? mosquito. His name's Fred. His name is. Uh, <laughs> uh, his name is Fred. <laughs> so random. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> fighting me. What other animals are You gotta let him out to feed. Uh, Blowfish? A peacock? <laughs> a blowfish? I, I think you can have that as a pet. A swordfish. <laughs> a swordfish? Uh, piranhas? Oh, piranha, yeah. What's that Barracuda? deadly mouse? There's like a deadly oh. mouse or something that'll kill you. It's like the deadliest mouse in the world. Oh, um, I have no idea. Like an Arctic mouse or something? I don't know. How? It was how? A mouse from Zootopia. This is how I learn my things, my facts. Um, <laughs> poisonous frogs? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, four seconds. Uh, um, an antelope? A gazelle? I want a gazelle. Cheetah? I don't know. You're a cheetah. Oh, a leopard? Time's up. Time is up. Nice. That was fun. Uh, it was fun, except that I couldn't think of any animal at all. And I wanted to scream out unicorn, dragon. Animals that you, they're not real. So well, it didn't specify whether they were real or mythical. So technically, you can't keep a unicorn as a pet because it, it doesn't hurt. exist. That's right. That's true. That is true. There you go. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, A lot of people do have those pets. (laughs) Some of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I I said squirrel, but there is somebody I follow on TikTok who has a squirrel and her name is Thumbelina. (laughs) She's adorable. She's very snooty, but snooty. It's adorable. I got to find out more about these uh, deadly mice, though. Never Mm, heard of this before. Yeah. Let me look it up really, really quick, because I know it's in Zootopia. And the reason why they had him play like the Godfather (laughs) is because he's supposed to be like the deadliest animal he's, on earth but he's so cute there's no way he's he is the deadliest so animal on earth there's no way that that's a thing this is what zootopia told me and i believe that <laughs> there's no slots, slots would work at the tmp 
Oh, <laughs> that's a good one, by the way. I don't think any of us said a sloth. We didn't. We did not. Uh, I should deadliest have out my mouse. socks because I have a ton of animals on my socks. Uh, oh. So one of the deadliest to, add to humans is the southern grasshopper mouse. This is not the same one, though, uh, but it's a bloodthirsty carnivore. <laughs> Jesus. There's no way. Where the hell, how big no, is it? Uh, I don't know, but I, I'll send you. The, look, Jesus, it's so cute. <laughs> this thing would murder me. It would massacre me. But I would be like, oh my God, you're so cute. And it would be like, oh, my face. It looks like your pet mosquito would be the deadliest thing. Come on. <laughs> Come on. This is the deadliest thing. Look how cute it is. There's no Stop way. It. It's the size of a nickel. It's eating a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe it could take on a scorpion. I don't think it could take on a human. I don't know. He looks a little evil here. <laughs> That's his victory cheer. Yeah, he's like, I have conquered the scorpions. I am the winner. Mice unite. Grasshopper mice unite. Jesus. Well, anyway, I don't know what the exact mouse was from Zootopia, but apparently he's the worst. And he was in the cold. So obviously it was an Arctic type mouse, but I'll look it up later. I'll see. I'm okay. not sure. But just so you know. Okay. <laughs> questions yeah. <laughs> let's go through our questions <laughs> all right alex uh, you, you read them we have three questions for the day at first light yes. tell us what they are all right so the first one is what is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love mm. i don't know well i have an unusual habit i have to okay. sleep every night with a sweatshirt like wrapped up like it is my pillow like or like a comfort object <laughs> oh like but a security blanket yeah but for adults like a security <laughs> sweatshirt <laughs> Exactly. It's my security sweatshirt. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like I will pack it. Like I'll be like packing my luggage to go. So I'm like, I don't have a sweatshirt. I, have a sweatshirt too. <laughs> I will not be able to sleep. Aww. I think my most unusual habit, I was, I think I was talking about this with you the other day, Jess, but how I make voices for my animals and then I have conversations with them and yeah. Rob thinks that I'm a little crazy <laughs> because I will say something to the dogs and then I'll have them respond in their voice. <laughs> And then I'll respond back to them. And Rob's like, you're talking to yourself. I'm like, no, I'm having a conversation with Renly. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess mine would be, this is embarrassing, but oh well. <laughs> so Even I get like, psychotic if I feel like hairs anywhere, like in, in my eyebrow area. And I will pick at them like a nut job. And Doug yeah. will be like, stop picking at your face. And I'm like, shh. I'm, I'm gonna get it I'm gonna get it and he's like Chuck get a tweezer though like literally it's no excuse there'll be a tweezer right next to me and I'll be like no yeah <laughs> like it's a mission and I'll get it and I do so I have I seen you doing that yeah I'm not allowed um, to even go near my face with my hands if, if Doug sees me he's like, he I'm like all right <laughs> okay so yeah that's my unusual habit I don't know if it's an absurd thing that I love but it's definitely an unusual habit yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is one concert that you'll never forget? I feel like this is hard to choose one. Mm. Tenacious it is. Day. <laughs> Tenacious is Day. It's Tenacious Day? Yeah, it was, it was between Tenacious D and Coldplay because Coldplay really puts on a great show, but so does Jack Black. And he came. That's he hilarious. Entered, that he, those was, are the two. First of all, it was so good. Tenacious D concert because Jack Black, they starts the show with him just going, ah, and he just starts sliding down this giant inflatable dick. And it was hilarious. <laughs> and I've never seen anything like that. Nothing topped that for me. So I was just like, that is hilarious. Um, and he was really funny in between songs. So I'm going to have to go with Tenacious D. Yeah, that sounds That like is the standard. Exactly. If you're not coming down, listen, attentional rock bands. If you're not coming down on a giant inflatable object, I don't want it. <laughs> oh my God. Why am I even here? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you even doing if you're not doing that? 
Are you even a real band, Coldplay? Come on. <laughs> right? the, piano, the piano can come down with you. That's fine. <laughs> All right. How about you, Dana? I don't know. I'm like, obviously, Green Day is my favorite. So when it's, every time I saw that, I'm like, love that. But in terms of like putting on the best show would probably be Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like it's just the entertainment. It's like more than just the music. It's just so much going on. And that's pretty awesome. I think that's mine too. I I was torn at first because I was like, well, maybe it was my first concert because it was like the first one. But Taylor Swift, I've seen her a couple of times and it is it's just a completely different concert experience and so i have to go with my girl my my swift my swift girl (laughs) your first concert it was i think you were i think it was i think both of you were there i think it was good charlotte and oh that was was my first concert yeah that was your first first? that was my first concert yeah i I feel so special Yeah. yeah, we all went to that together. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I won't even admit what my first concert was. <laughs> was it New Kids on the Block? Yes, it was. <laughs> and they were awesome. <laughs> Uh, mine was the Backstreet Boys, so. Oh, <laughs> nice. Love it. Yeah. Oh my God, love them. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's, I'm a little jealous, honestly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, did you hear about NSYNC getting back together? Are you an NSYNC fan? Enough of a fan that I'm like, I have to go there if there is a tour. I'm sorry. <laughs> People are like, I've seen my generation constantly on TikTok and they're like, if this is a thing, I have adult money now and I'm ready. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm getting tickets as soon as it comes out and you're invited so if you want to come uh, yes uh, let's do I'm it like, because i'm ready for this i want nsync and the backstreet boys to go on tour together and then i'm done that's that, it. Would, that's that would slay me i would <laughs> yeah. die like i would die much? and then britney spears like, comes out out of nowhere oh, and like all yes. of a sudden christina aguilera i'll be like <laughs> that would be myself. it i'd be like <laughs> be like this is my childhood just like explode like i can't handle it too much <laughs> Oh, my my God. God. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this because they're like they're a lot older now. And I feel like it's weird. It's weird enough seeing like a group of 20 year old guys like dancing around synchronized on stage. And it's like another thing to see like 45 year old men like dancing synchronized around on the stage. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. So in matching (laughs) tracksuits. Yes. I actually saw a video on TikTok today of one of their concerts and they was, it was in sync and they were on these like bouncy balls. Do you remember? I was, just <laughs> I was just pulling that up right now because I was like, this is what you're in for and I'm ready for it. Nobody puts on concerts like this. But they're going to end up getting off the giant balls, what she said, and one of them's going to have a broken back or something. <laughs> I need this. I need this. this again, I, I want them to repeat this type of move right here. Yeah. All right. Also, I I want to be so close that I can feel JC sweat. (laughs) Although, yes, JC is my favorite. Exactly. (laughs) Don't think you wouldn't. Front row, baby. All right. Give it to me. Sweat on me. Don't don't sweat on me. So gross. That's their new song. Their reunion song. Sweat on me. That's the name of it. Won't you sweat? Oh, me. <laughs> um, all right. right so oh, okay. Turn when I'm thinking. Yeah. Actually, boys are mentions. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So our final question: What would make you quit if you were a housemaid? I would quit the first day. 
Yeah, I would never, I would never be able to do it. I'd be like, mm, I don't feel it today. I'm not feeling the vibes today. I don't think today's a cleaning day. <laughs> I told you I would walk into the bedroom and there would be dirty underwear on the floor that I would be expected to pick up. And I'd be like, nah, I'm out. See ya. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, especially the live-in part. I don't think I could live in someone else's home. Like, yeah. no, I, I need think my, I could do that either. I need no. privacy. I need alone time. I need to be able to feel comfortable in my space. Like, okay, work is over. Like I can't yeah. deal with that now. Especially with a lock on the outside. No, thank yeah. you. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. that would just be like, I wouldn't even want to be like stepping into that room. I was, as soon as that was seen, I'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's what that I thought. Happened. I was like, I don't think I would even go in there because it's terrifying. No. Also, your red flag, it's black flag at this point. Be out. <laughs> your room being in the attic is creepy enough as it is, but then having the lock on the outside and I don't know. I, there's too many things. It's too many creepy things. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to handle that. They're like, your bedroom's up here. I'd be like, I think I'm out. Yeah. And <laughs> if I yeah. could get past that, like, I would have to be like, well, before I step foot in this room, before I bring any of my belongings, that I need you to remove this door and put a better, like, you know, one without a lock or yeah. on the inside so I can lock you out from coming in, but right. Yeah, yeah, like a normal a door. window, is that too hard to ask? Like, yeah, a window that opens. Some fresh air in here. Yeah, she said that the, the ceiling was uncomfortably low. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out on the interview. Yeah. I wouldn't even make it to the first day. It's true. All right. So as you all know, we recently read The Housemaid by Frida McFadden. We picked our favorite good and bad reviews in case anyone is on the fence about reading it. And remember that you can find our full reviews on Goodreads. The Housemaid currently has an overall rating of 4.35 out of 5 on Goodreads with a publication date of 4.26.22. All right, we're going to do the bad reviews first. Who wants to go first? Dana, the guest. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought this one was funny. <laughs> says, well, I can't deny this was a good book, but just like the book Frida McFadden copied from, <laughs> complete plagiarism. The book is almost a carbon copy of the huge bestseller, The Last Mrs. Parrish. Probably <laughs> she bothered to change the names of the characters. Um, that was published in 2017. It was a huge bestseller and soon to be Netflix movie. I did not know that. Oh, um, I didn't know that either. The copycat book was published in 2022. I can't believe no one in the literary world isn't talking about this. Wow. Okay. Mine was similar to that, actually. So I had a one-star review and they said, a thinly veiled ripoff of The Last Mrs. Parrish. The storyline, characters, plot, and even some of the small details were practically identical. Not sure how this isn't considered plagiarism. Just read The Last Mrs. Parrish instead of bothering with this. Skate. <laughs> so mine's a one-star review also it says dumb i hate myself for sticking with this book to the end i'd rather pull my own teeth out than read crap like this oh my god <laughs> jesus wow yeah pretty dark that was intense pretty dramatic i'll say all right so how about those good reviews okay in the house made by frida mcfadden readers are taken on a roller coaster ride of deception suspense and psychological intrigue the plot may be a touch over the top but that only adds to the book's gripping and entertaining nature mcfadden has cra has crafted a cast of characters with hidden agendas making them intriguingly unreliable and keeping readers guessing at every turn mm -hmm. that's yeah. accurate I like yes, that. All right. Oh, yeah. Jess, do you want to? Oh, oh, yeah. You, I mean, you can I'll go, go first. Uh, so mine's titled Rich People Problems. <laughs> uh, it says, baby, listen. <laughs> Nina was wild AF. Like, sis had all kinds of psychological issues going on. <laughs> 
Millie had no clue what the heck she was walking into. And if she wasn't so desperate for the money, she would have definitely dipped. With a past as sketchy as hers, combined with her current circumstances, she was willing to take any employment, especially at the Winchester estate, regardless of how creepy it looked. We quickly find out that this ain't that. And if we thought Nina was wild, Andy's off the charts. Mm. If out of the frying pan into the fire was a person, it would be Wilhelmina Millie Calloway. Sis couldn't catch a break. (laughs) Wait, it's one more part. This book was definitely the definition of rich people problems. One day read for sure. But oh, Andy's mom, that apple was still on the tree. (laughs) That's accurate. I love this review. <laughs> that is the best. I like that review a lot. Andy's mom's apple was still on the tree. <laughs> that was a good one. All right. Uh, my five-star review said, The Housemaid by Frieda McFadden is just one of those novels that for years to come, I will speak highly of and recommend to anyone who wants an incredible thriller. One that's also filled with mystery and psychological terror, all wrapped together brilliantly. From McFadden's excellent writing style to all the characters, I absolutely loved this. This is easily one of the best novels of 2022. Ooh, I like that. I feel like I wrote that. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've heard what everyone else had to say. Now we're going to get into our backflaps. Backflaps. <laughs> All right. Do you know what you got for us? All right. I just went very simple. A thriller that keeps you guessing. When you think you have it figured out, you get to see things from the other side and realize just how wrong you were. Things are not always how they seem, but with a hot gardener, the grass is always greener on either side. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> Our guests always have such good back flaps. I know. We, it's like we need to uh, step up our game, except I don't know. <laughs> so we got four of them here and three of them are Sour Patch themed. <laughs> so I got Sour Patch made. First she's sweet, then she's sour. Jess and Alex. Nice. Then there's Sour Patch Nina. First she's sour, then she's sweet. Jess and Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Or Sour Patch Andrew. If you can't beat him, eat him. Or, you know, pull his teeth out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Andrew with the teeth. I know. (laughs) All right. And then finally, the housemate for hire. If you need your shitty husband to expire. Jess and Alex. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I like that too. That's funny. There's our back flaps. <laughs> I really think that some of these should definitely be on the back flap. Yeah. <laughs> Especially about the hot gardener with the grass. Yes. I know. <laughs> with the hot gardener, the grass is always greener. <laughs> Perfect tagline. Pop quiz. Tell me, me where we first kiss tell me where fun like oh i'm sorry i messed up i think (laughs) pop quiz asshole (laughs) done in your face alex what do you do what do you do shoot the hostage (laughs) okay that's what he does in that movie i'm not just saying to shoot the hostage (laughs) oh man all right. <laughs> so All right. Dana's with us. She's going to be giving us a pop quiz. Alex, introduce the pop quiz. Okay. Yeah. So we have Dana with us, and she is a teacher, and she's got a pop quiz for us. 
Dana, thank you for the introduction. What do you What do you got for us today? And is it a competition? Because last time we didn't know it was a competition until right before. I wasn't really planning for it to be a competition, but I mean that's always fun. So you guys can try and like shout out the answer first, I guess. Okay, I Um, want you to treat us like a teacher, like go full teacher mode on us. We can handle it. We can handle. I mean, it. let's I just know. see. Um, so I just kind of mean it's just kind of about thrillers and some other famous books in general. So you may or may not have read them. So okay. we'll see what you can get. Okay. Um, so just like a shout it out because I can't. Yeah, I can't figure out the best way to do this. So whoever gets it right first wins the points, and we'll keep okay. track that way. Okay. All right. So who is the author of the best-selling novel The Da Vinci Code? Dan Brown. All right, so that point goes to Alexandra. Nice. All right, so you guys have to keep track now because okay. I don't have paper and pencil with me. I was not prepared with keeping That's track fun. of who was winning, but That's it's fun, fun that way. Um, <laughs> Alex won just zero. Um, in which novel by Gillian Flynn does a wife's sudden disappearance and subsequent investigation reveal dark secrets about their marriage? Gone Girl. And that's two for Alexandra. You are on a roll. Sorry, Jess. You'll get there. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm terrible at these. So I'm already accepting my fate. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. This should be an easy one. Um, which thriller novel by Thomas Harris introduces the iconic character Hannibal Lecter as a brilliant but psychopathic serial killer? Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried. Just, I, I knew it, but I just I, I knew it, but I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna let Alex say. <laughs> I know it, but she knows it better. So right. um which classic thriller novel by Ira Levin tell or Levin, I'm not sure, tells the story of a woman who suspects that her husband and neighbors are part of a sinister cult. Mm. Uh, this is going like, back. <laughs> sounds like that movie Disturbia. It's definitely not a book, though. No. I don't know this one. Uh-huh. I don't think. This is a Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I have that on my shelf, too. I never read it. <laughs> but I've seen the movie. Uh, who is the author of the best-selling novel, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Oh, damn it. What's his name? <laughs> oh, it's something with an S, his last name, I think. I can't remember. Jess? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to say this correctly at all, but um, Henrik Stieg or Stieg Larsen? Stieg, Stieg or Stieg, Stieg right. Larsen. Um, yeah, the first no name was with the S. Okay. All right. Who wrote the psychological thriller, The Girl on the Train, featuring a troubled protagonist who becomes entangled in a missing person investigation? I know. I'm so so bad with authors. (laughs) Um, The Girl on the Train, you said? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Um, it It was a female. Yes. Okay, so it's something similar to um, in the Stranger Things, uh, Hawk, Hawkins, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Is it? Paula Hawkins. Yes. Nice. Yes. Good job, Jess. <laughs> okay. And um, just one more. Who is, because you guys love authors, um, oh, who no. is the author um, 
of both Murder on the Orient Express and and then there were none. Agatha Christie. Yay! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> All right, so Good I job. won clearly. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> Alex four, just <laughs> Yay, Alex! Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Alex passes the class. So wait a second, uh, Miss Dana, do I have to uh, repeat the class or <laughs> just yes. to come in on a you Saturday? Must, you must definitely do. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> Nights and weekends, you will be having to retake. Okay. No, I honestly, like, I'm terrible at those kind of things, too. Like, I'd be like, I know it. I can think of it. I've read that. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. The Girl yeah, with I the Dragon Tattoo. Pressure. I was like, I've that's one of my favorite movies. I read all three of the original books. And I was like, I all I can think of is S. And I didn't even get her. I was, I was like, it's S with the S. last name. And it wasn't. It was S with the first name. <laughs> I loved those books. I never saw the movie, though. I mean, I should watch that sometime. Oh, it's so the movie's good. good. I read the first book. I didn't read the others. Yeah. But I couldn't they, think for the life of me what the hell the name was. So They get kind of crazy, but they're good. Yeah. I think I only read the first two, and then it just, like, came a little too much for me. Yeah. I did like really the good. third book better than the second book. The The second book I thought was the weakest one. It got like okay. very out there. It was like pretty outlandish. Yeah. You're pretty outlandish. Your mom's outlandish. <laughs> she is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dana. Miss Dana, we're going to okay. turn the tables on you now. The students ah, are taking over uh -oh. the class. <laughs> oh, no. And now right. we got a pop quiz for you. <laughs> I'm going right. to fail miserably. I'm, I'm setting my timer for two minutes. That's all you get. Okay. Don't try to ask for extra time because not up in here. All right. Two minutes on the clock. You need a pen and you need paper or you need your phone or something to take. Down okay. Oh, I can just anything. Okay. Yeah. Even a computer. Right. What else? All right. All right. I'll type them. Okay. All right. So you have two minutes to come up with as many words as you can out of Nina Winchester. Okay. Tell me when to start. Oh, I'm starting. Right. Ready? Go. Two minutes. Do I shout them out as I'm doing it? Yeah, you can yeah. shout them out. You don't have to write them down. Um, <laughs> it's easier sometimes to see it in front of you. So that's why I want to just. Yeah. OK, win, cheat, cheater, um, nine, um, let's see, tie, um, rinse, rinse is rice. Does a heist work? Heist, I think, works. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. It does. The pressure, I can't think. Ant? 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 What? Eat. Oh, eat. <laughs> Thin? <laughs> Thinister. Right? That works. Uh, yeah, I think that all works. Damn. Um, Dana's sinister. coming out with the big words for nope. this. Sinister doesn't work. There's only no. one S. Nice try. Oh, you're right. Sneaky <laughs> sneak. So close. <laughs> She's like, you papaya. Had to go pay attention to that, huh? <laughs> She's like, papaya. That works, right? No. Picture. Picture works. Oh, nice. works. Good job. Um, <laughs> teachers as well. Shin? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, 22nd time. Let's see. Hit? Dip? <laughs> Rent? Yeah, okay. Um, went? I'm just going to rhyme. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Time's up. All right. All right. right. I did more than I thought I'd be able to. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah, you did good. Not bad. Sinister, though. I thought I had. I was like, that's such a good one. I know. No. 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 You got Cheat and Cheater were really good. Yeah. I was on board with you, too. I was like, yeah, Sinister works. And Jess was like, no, no, you're both cheating. (laughs) Incorrect. Erroneous. All right. Good job, Dana. Yeah, I think yeah, especially under pressure because I know that is what makes it so hard sometimes. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, that, that is what she said. Yeah, you really uh, don't realize how much that plays a factor until you're doing it. You're like, why can I not think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, everyone. So now we're going to transition into the cooking portion of our episode. We thought it would be fun to discuss some helpful cooking tips. So for today, we're going to discuss some chocolate tips and tricks. All right, so Dana, as our guest, be our guest, be our be guest, our guest. <laughs> uh, put the service to the test and tell us your chocolate tip and trick. Not necessarily a tip or trick, but I have like a little recipe involving chocolates. Yeah. Um, very decadent. Um, like to make at the holidays, sometimes they're just the Oreo truffles. Oh, so yes. Oh, so they're good. just so good. And... You know, I have celiac, so it is something that they actually make gluten-free Oreos that taste delicious, and I can still make this, so I love it. Nice. But yeah, you just take a package of Oreos and hopefully like something like a food processor, or you smash them up in a bag or something, just make them really, really fine, and get some, you know, cream cheese, and you're going to mix them all together, and the part that... There's probably lots of tips or tricks that you can look up to make this better that I am the worst at is you're supposed to like now that you have these like balls of cream cheese and Oreo chocolate mixed, um, you cover them in chocolates and people can make these really, really nice and fancy. Mm -hmm. Mine always look like I let the two-year-old make them or something. They're not, (laughs) they're not pretty looking, but, um, yeah, I like to, I'll put them in like <clears throat> white chocolate or something like that. And then you could like decorate them, like drizzle on top or sprinkles. Um, I usually like to do the sprinkles because that's always fun. Yeah. Pretty infestive. Um, but I always like microwave or they say like you can get like a mason jar and put like the chocolate in there and then like boil around it. Um, okay. Kind of, I think it's supposed to make it go a little bit more um, cook evenly. I guess mm. so that you got to work fast that I have learned you have to work fast with chocolate because yeah. it hardens so quickly and then you're screwed especially yeah. white chocolate it's the worst yes yeah. yes I made those last Christmas and I did some with uh, milk chocolate and some with white chocolate and I thought I was doing something wrong with the milk chocolate uh, the white chocolate because it was hardening so fast that I was like this has to be this chocolate's bad like there's no other solution but it was just it's just because it it it's like instantaneous. So yeah. maybe that's my problem because I always use white chocolate and I am like, do it in batches because it's like, you can't do like a whole thing at once. The, the whole amount you need, because you'll never get all of them coated. It will be like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's hardened and I can't use it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious though. Anything with yeah. cream cheese is welcomed. And yes. Chocolate. Yeah. Very welcome to me. Delicious. When you throw in an Oreo, I'm, I'm, yeah. I want those. <laughs> I know some people have added um, like vanilla extract sometimes too, but I don't think it even needs it. It's just, it's very sweet as this, <laughs> especially yeah. the white chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Alex, what's your trick? All right. So mine is just if you have somewhere to go and you don't want to be making something super fancy or you don't like to bake, all you really need is a bag of pretzels or something like that and some chocolate to melt. You can make some chocolate covered pretzels. You could do the little ones, the big ones, whatever your heart desires. Or you can do if you have a mini cupcake pan and the little liners, the mini ones, fill it up with some peanut butter and chocolate or you could do assorted nuts. So she said, and peanut butter um, at, well, actually, yeah, you could do peanut butter, but with chocolate and then just put them in the fridge for like 20 minutes. And then you got little cute snacks to bring wherever you're going. Mm, Very nice. Sounds good. And nice and easy. Yes. Yeah. That's how I like it. (laughs) Yes. Also what she said. I like my chocolate. Like I like my men. Easy. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, sorry, Rob. Uh, So, I'm gonna... <laughs> so I don't really know what these are called, but I've been making them for a while and they're like almost like candy. They're so freaking good. Uh, but I call them chocolate cracker crack. <laughs> and uh, I swear that there's no actual crack in this. So you can make them. They're family friendly. <laughs> uh, but you start your oven at about 400 uh, on a cookie sheet with parchment. You just line up saltine crackers as much as you can to fill up the whole sheet uh, and you use it salted side up and you combine a stick of butter and a cup of brown sugar and you could use substitutes for these things if um, if you need to you put them in a, a saucepan over medium heat you stir occasionally and then you let it boil for about three minutes and you do not touch it when it's boiling you just let it boil when it's done and you take it off the heat you can add a little uh, vanilla extract if you want to but that's optional pour it over the crackers Use mm. a spatula, put it out through the crackers, then put the crackers with that on top into the oven for about uh, five minutes or so just to get the crackers a little toasty. Mm. Um, and then the good now for the good part, uh, <laughs> you take it out and you take semi sweet chocolate chips or whatever chocolate chips you like, dark chocolate, whatever. You could do white, too, and you can do like a marble situation if you want to mix them. But you put them on top, you put them back in the oven for another two minutes if it needs to, but otherwise it's super hot already, so the chips will melt right away. And then Mm. you just take a spatula, you pour it on, you know, you make it nice and even. You can sprinkle nuts on top, you can sprinkle sprinkles, you could put whatever you want. I like to put a little sea salt Mm. um, on top so it's salty and sweet. Put them in the refrigerator for about 30 minutes, take them out and crack them kind of like, you know, that brittle stuff. Yeah. Um, You just crack them up put them in a baggie and you just reach for one whenever you need a little snack and it's literally crack. It tastes so freaking good and they're so easy to make. Yeah. And you can have fun with them if you want to put- That sounds really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I I recommend Ghirardelli. I feel like when I Mm -hmm. use the Ghirardelli chips, they automatically melt. You don't even have to put it in the oven. It'll just automatically do it for you and it tastes so good. Yeah. I like to use the Ghirardelli too. It always comes out the best. It is. It's the best. It does. Yeah. All right. Do you have a tip for chocolate that you find works well for you? If so, send us an email or reach out to us on our socials. If we test out your suggestion, we'll credit you and discuss the outcome in the future. So (laughs) as you may recall, on Tuesday, we introduced the ingredient of the week, which was rice inspired by one of the meals that Millie makes for the Winchesters. We were supposed to make something using that ingredient. So now we'll review the outcome. What did you guys make? Dana? Uh, I made fried rice, um, which I love making. So I feel like it's just such an easy meal to make. And I'm all about easy cooking. I don't like to cook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was actually prepared this time because they say, or at least I read once that 
it comes out better if you use like old rice that like like two or three days old that's been in the refrigerator that mm. it fries better. Um, so yeah, today was, uh, it was two days old. So I made it and mm. yeah, I just put in like, I will shred up chicken earlier. Like I'll cook and shred chicken. So I have that. I know so- my sister will make it and she like likes to have like chopped up chicken, but I like it kind of just mix in more. Mm-hmm. And I make it easy with just like a bag of frozen peas and carrots, onions, lots of onions, um, garlic, and you're supposed to use sesame oil, but I definitely use olive oil because that's if I don't have, I usually don't have sesame oil on hand and it's still fine. It's still yeah. fine. And obviously <laughs> eggs, you have to have eggs in your fried rice. Yeah. Uh, and it's delicious. I love it. The baby loves it. My older daughter acts as if it's torture that I'm forcing her to eat something like that. <laughs> and so I always have to save her some plain white rice by herself. because She's like, I can't touch everything else. Why'd you ruin it? <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yes. Did you notice a difference with the rice this time? I making? do. I, I have noticed that it does work better. Um, also, there was one time I made it and all I had was like the instant like, um, boil in a bag kind of rice, mm-hmm. not as good. Just not yeah. as good. Can't, you have to use like, and it doesn't take that long to boil rice. So it's like, no. it's an easy enough task. So yeah. huh. I have to try yeah. it with older rice. Cause I always make it. Yeah. I, I like make it right there. And then I add it almost as soon as it's done. Yeah. Pretty much. So I got to try that. Yeah, that makes sense good. because it probably when it's fresher, probably absorbs more of the stuff and stays softer instead of getting kind of like crisped. Yeah. I think that's the, best part of it is that's supposed to crisp up a little easier. Yeah. Mm, Well, very yummy. I love fried rice too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So my recipe is not really, this is kind of a tip too, (laughs) but uh, every time I make rice, I, I get bored with just plain rice. So I like to add a lot of flavors to it. So I'll usually, before I add the rice, I'll put some soy sauce into the water. I'll let that boil. And then I add, yeah, it makes it really good. And you don't have to put any salt or anything. And then I'll also add some cumin, ground ginger, garlic, um, black pepper, onion. And if I'm feeling a little spicy, I'll add some cayenne or red pepper. And then once it's all boiling, you let the seasonings kind of like boil in there with it. So it really gets the flavor going. And then you put the rice in. And then when you it's done, it tastes so good. Sometimes I'll sprinkle a little bit of sesame oil on it. I think there actually is a difference in the flavor. If you ever get a chance to pick it up, it it does have a different flavor. I love sesame I should. Oil. I should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll throw some sesame seeds on top. Sometimes I'll do chia seeds if I'm trying to uh, trying to be healthier. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's throw some chia seeds into the rice. It, it comes out really good though. And nice. occasionally I'll also mix in some baby corn or some peanuts. So it just makes the rice a little bit more fun than just like plain, plain rice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. I never thought to do something like that. Yeah. I love sesame seed oil with rice. I think it's delicious. Yeah. It does make a big difference in the flavor. Yeah. It has a very strong flavor. It tastes like sesame seeds, but as an oil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to share a recipe, but uh, literally I wrote out three pages, so I don't think I should take them all. <laughs> um, but maybe I'll post it on TikTok or something like that for you guys or on our socials so this way you could see it. But it's a mm-hmm. burrata rice bowls. So basically I make rice bowls and I stuff burrata cheese inside. I drizzle some honey or some hot honey with a little Parmesan mm-hmm. on the top and they're pretty good. 
Uh, sounds so good. Yeah, it really does. I was gonna actually switch it maybe my recipe to something healthier because I usually make that cauliflower rice. And you had me thinking about with when I make it with the sesame oil and stuff like that. But since I I spent the time to write out three three pages, (laughs) I should stick to it. Yeah. Uh, But just, you know, I'll I'll put the full recipe out. So this way I don't have to read everything to you guys. So just keep an eye out for it. But basically it's a little bit of a process. It takes a while. You do have to freeze the bowls. Uh, for 10 minutes you have to refrigerate them before you do that you have to cook some stuff and you have to use a bunch of pans it's a lot of work but i promise you these are a hit uh i made them for a party once and people went wild for them um you could put any different types of cheeses in them too it doesn't have to be burrata originally Mm. it was fresh mozzarella that i made them for the party but recently i tried them at burrata and they were delicious uh, but you could use, you know, smoked mutts, fontina, <laughs> um, anything that you really want to. But I definitely recommend the honey or the hot honey drizzled on top. It really makes a difference. Mm, and I nice. do have a little recipe that I want to share for Alex, actually, Ooh. because you could dip these in any type of sauce, marinara, you could dip it in vodka sauce, pesto, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But there is a dip that I think Alex would really like. Uh, and it's uh, three tablespoons of chopped oil, packed Calabrian chilies from mm. a jar. Two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, one and a half teaspoons of lemon zest, two teaspoons of lemon juice, and a clove of garlic crushed. Mix Mm. that all together, and you could dip these bad boys in that, and it's a little spice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That does sound really good. I love Calabrian peppers. So good. I figured you would. (laughs) Pretty easy. You can either fry them up, you can deep fry them if you want, or you could even put them in the oven and make them a little healthier. Yeah. Okay. Sounds really good. Yeah, man. All right. If you have a yummy recipe using rice, send us an email and reach out to us on our socials. If we test out your suggestion, we'll credit you and discuss the outcome in the future. All right. So now we're going to our segment where we judge things. For the first one, we're going to judge a book by its cover. I know they say you're not supposed to do that, but that's what we're supposed to do literally in this game. So (laughs) we are going to each pick a book that the other person hasn't read. Each person has to guess what the book is about based solely on the cover. So, Dana, since you're our guest. All right, I'll show you my book. <laughs> can see? <laughs> can you see that okay? No. Zoom in. Can you go Zoom closer? <laughs> okay, the new house. Is that a pool? Looks like uh, a yes. Modern style house with a pool. Okay. Uh, are those lights in the pool? I think those are just lights reflecting from the windows in the house. Is, is that a person standing in the window? Yes. Okay. Yeah, move it to the to the right a little bit. All right. So I'm going to say that this is a thriller. Yeah. And it's about a young couple that moves into a new house. And they discover that one of their new neighbors are spying on them. And also lots of weird things start happening. And then one of their family pets goes missing. I'm going to say it's a cat. And it turns out it's the neighbors that did it. That's all neighbors. I'm going to say it's a thriller as well. Uh, And I'm going to say that there's a lot of shit going down at this new house. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm going to say that while while they're swimming in their new pool, night swimming, if you will, uh, they look up in the window and they see this person that who the hell's in my house? Uh, And either this person is a ghost Maybe it's a spirit up in the house Ooh. or it's uh, the old owner who's like, nah, it's not your new house because bitch, it's mine. 
that's yeah, scary that's what i'm going to go with okay um don't want to give away too much about this book if anyone ever wants to read it but uh, yes it is definitely a thriller but no it's actually about a couple that sees this modern glass house go up for sale and they the wife desperately wants the house and it now forms three cup uh three families are now intermingled because they want to buy this house and then they have people who want to buy their home and the people who live in the glass house to begin and all three mm -hmm. families end up being um involved in each other's lives a lot more than you would think with purchasing a home and there is a very very crazy twist that you just don't see coming and mm. stuff really shocking and it's a great book <laughs> all right, all right. Who, who wrote this uh tess stimson so tess simpson stimson s-t-i-m-s-o-n okay the new house by tess stimson just made it to my tv yes. And ah. uh, one of the characters is named Millie, so I was like, perfect. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Don't Tied tell it. me, but I have a feeling that um, people are going to get a little cutthroat about the uh, sale of this, this house. And I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to read that. Let me know when you're ready, Alexandra. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so here is my book cover. It's called Hunting Lila. And there's a girl in a blue dress with red shoes running out an open door and there's a lot of light behind the door it looks like she's in a dark room running out into the sunshine oh wow okay i'm that... gonna say this is a thriller because somebody's hunting lila and she's got red shoes she looks like dorothy man <laughs> that was my first dress. thought too <laughs> yeah so she's got the red shoes and the blue dress so i'm gonna say that this is like a dorothy like wizard of oz retelling but of her of Dorothy and instead of the wicked witch chasing her it's some wicked bitch um and she's, <laughs> she's hunting Lila uh she's definitely chasing her out of her house so maybe Lila doesn't belong in this person's house and she's like get out bitch um <laughs> but she's definitely getting hunted and chased for sure so I'm gonna say maybe like a Dorothy retelling okay yeah this definitely looks like a thriller or some kind of horror or like it looks like it's gonna be creepy and I don't know why I feel like maybe Lila witness something she shouldn't have seen and now she needs to be hunted down they need to tie up some loose ends and she mm. is the loose ends Ooh. all right so it is not a thriller it does oh. have some thrilling aspects but it's more of a fantasy light and it's about a 17 year old girl who has a few secrets and one of them is that she can move things just by looking at them so she has this ability oh. And in this world, these people that have these abilities are hunted down because they're considered, you know, a danger. And also, they're just not supposed to have these abilities. So she's basically on the run from this organization called The Unit. And it's about her, her journey to get away. Wow, very nice. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Did you say who the author was, was? Oh, no, sorry. It's Hunting Lila by Sarah Alderson. It was cute. Adding that to my TBR too. <laughs> All right. So here you guys go. You ready? Yes. All right. So it's called Castle Vento, House of the Wind. Mm -hmm. And there is a pretty little setting here with a lot of landscaping um, and a house all the way on a hill. Okay. So I think this is about a large house in Italy on a farm of some sort. And... It's about the family that lives there, and it's like a character drama about their their life on this farm in Italy. Okay, Dana. 
Yeah, my first thought that this was definitely some type of farm. Um, I don't know if like maybe there'll be something interesting that happens. Maybe there's a love story that happens there. I don't know. Just kind of it's nothing really in the picture, the cover there that, you know, just totally guessing, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe it's like <laughs> maybe I, I don't know why my first thought was like I'm thinking of um with them like Meg Ryan and French Kiss and thinking like is it like a wine vineyard maybe that they have and like something going on there some kind of family history something happening okay uh so you were both right in some ways so this is a contemporary romance and it's about a girl who's got a successful career in New York City she's got a, a fiance that she's really loves and then she finds out she has an Italian grandfather she never met who leaves her after he dies leaves her this beautiful house in Tuscany uh, and she has to go there and she has to you know fix it up and she ends up uh, meeting some guy named Paolo and uh, he's very handsome he's the estate manager it is a wine vineyard uh, and oh. she has to choose between her life in New York and her life in Tuscany. Hmm. So. Sounds uh, like a Hallmark movie, except uh, they're in uh, Tuscany instead of like Connecticut. <laughs> so I will be honest, <laughs> this book is exactly like one of those movies, those corny ones that we absolutely love on Netflix <laughs> in a book. So okay, yeah, it sounds really cute. <laughs> it's cute. It is cute. It's kind of got the vibes of um, what's the movie, Alex, that your mom loves? Under the Tuscan Sun. Under the Tuscan yeah. Sun. Yeah. Oh, and yes. and if you're listening, you would love this book. Yeah, <laughs> she would. <laughs> All right. All right, so now we've judged a book by its cover. Let's judge a bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're each going to pick a character from a book that the other people haven't read, and we'll each have to guess what that character's role is, what their personality traits are, and what they look like based on the name. Name alone, yeah, no book title, nothing yet. Okay. Um, okay, so my character is April Couts Cliveden. Jeez. <laughs> Couch Cliveden? Kautz Cliveden? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, but... I'm going to say April is a protagonist. She is from a thriller. And I'm going to say that uh, she's a crazy bitch. April isn't even her real name. She made it up because she's in like some kind of on the run situation. Uh, she has red hair because she dyed it to, uh, you know, remain ambiguous uh, from her past. And uh, somebody catches up with her uh, that she's on the run from and she has to fight him off and ends up murdering him um, in self-defense. Oh what is the book she's from? We don't know. Pet, pet. We're supposed to give the book. We're supposed to guess what oh. the role is in the book. Oh, damn it. Really? Uh, All right. Okay. I do this every time. More fun with that. <laughs> the title and author and everything, then? Just the title is fine. The It Girl? Oh, okay. It is the It Girl because she's freaking on the run. Uh, yeah. And, and she dyed her hair red because, like, freaking she has to be, a, she has to play a clown for kids' parties because she has to get a job in a new town. Uh, yeah, I was right. Man. She has to kill somebody else who's also dressed as a clown later on. Like, it's weird. All right. <laughs> I love how you just dove into it. You're like, yes, now she's a clown. Now that I know she's the girl, she is the clown. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to say that this is not the protagonist. This is a side character. And she is the sister of the protagonist, who's the it girl. And April feels like the sidekick. And she doesn't like that. And she, in a twist, ends up being the it girl's killer in the it girl at the end of the book. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and okay. 
I think oh. that she has curly black hair and brown eyes. And I think her personality is a little, what's the word? Sulky. Like she, she sulks a lot and scoffs. You love scoff. Scoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so this is a thriller. This is a Ruth Ware book. I love her. Um, and April is the it girl, but she's not the protagonist. So the story is about all about her death, basically. And she is the very wealthy and center of attention type um, college roommate of the protagonist. And we kind of travel back in time to when they were in college and when she died and what led to that and uh, all the many twists and turns and very interesting. Um, but yeah, she was like larger than life type of presence, yet she is technically dead at the beginning of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have that on my two my TBR already. <laughs> and I have to say, like, I love all the Ruth Ware books. And this one took me forever to get through. It was very hard for me to get into it at first. But then like halfway through, I fell in love with it then and like just continued. <laughs> okay. That's good Sounds to know. Really good. Yeah. Okay. So my character's name is Holston Becker mm -mm. from Wool. Okay. Holston Becker. Becker from Wool. Mm -hmm. I do not think she's the protagonist. I'm, I think it's a girl. Okay. Um, I think that she Wool's a sci-fi. I don't know. I, I think she is from another planet. She's not quite an alien, but I think she's from another planet. And but she still looks pretty humanoid. And she has a vivacious, quirky personality. She's the life of the party. She's the comic relief. And I think that she has blue hair purple eyes and like a soft green skin tone but otherwise looks human hmm. soft green skin tone but looks human <laughs> <laughs> okay this is, this is like you hang out with? Yeah. <laughs> she's like she looks human you know blue hair purple eyes <laughs> uh, yeah, just like your neighbors um <laughs> All right. I don't think we could have thought anything more opposite. <laughs> first, first, first of all, I immediately thought of male character. Um, oh. I need to know. <laughs> I was like, Holston, and then you started saying she. I was like, what? Okay, maybe. I don't know. But um, yeah, I was thinking short, very skinny, frail, um, maybe young, like teenage boy. I was thinking smart, but very like sheepish and kind of nerdy and um, somebody who's like maybe um, the protagonist and he's underestimated and he has to like prove himself somehow. Um, completely opposite I know completely <laughs> opposite I'm writing them down as you say it and they're so opposite it's hilarious uh <laughs> so I mean you are both wrong but <laughs> it is a male so Dana kind of like okay. won that one uh and she he definitely doesn't have blue hair or purple eyes all right um, so I'm already winning this <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I always do so bad at these, but it's fun. Because <laughs> you like paint yourself into a corner with such specific things. That was her full hair. It's okay. It's so fun. descriptive. I know. Um, I love it. I like my Halston uh, Brecker the best. Halston <laughs> Brecker. Brecker. Sorry. Halston Brecker. Um, so 
uh, he's not the protagonist, but he might have been originally uh, until he's maybe possibly his demise in the beginning um but he uh he is the sheriff in this realm and it is a sci-fi alex you were right and it's um they're underground and they're not allowed to go out and leave this silo so he is the sheriff of this area and uh he is not skinny and frail he's not a teen (laughs) (laughs) he is very smart so dana gets the win Hmm. (laughs) I should have known it wasn't an alien. It doesn't really have an alien name, but I thought it would be funny for an alien to have such a normal name. <laughs> you know what, Dana, another thing too, you said that you feel like he gets underestimated mm-hmm. and he's a lot smarter than people believe. So he is underestimated. Okay. So very good. All right. Nice. It would have been amazing though. If you're like, actually, he does have green skin though. <laughs> <laughs> so specific. I would have, if that was true, I would have been like, you look this up. Purple eyes, blue hair. Like, but looks one, human. Like, one yeah. day I'm going to say something crazy like that and it's going to actually be true. And that'll be, that's the day I'm living for. So. There you go. <laughs> My whole existence is leading to the, that one moment. <laughs> All right. My character's name is Helene from An Ember in the Ashes. Okay. Definitely Just a Helene. Definitely a fantasy. Definitely a side character. I don't know if I could be Sorry. as descriptive as her, you. Her hair. last name is Akia. Sorry, I couldn't remember it. I had to look it up. It's Helene Akia. Helene Akia. Who has an Akita? Or, or Aquila, but I assume it's like Akia, like like a oh, Spanish okay. Akia. Yeah. That changes things. It might not be fantasy now. Mm. Ah, I'm going to stick with my my original. It's a fantasy. She's a side character. She's badass. Uh, she is good originally, but starts out to not be so good and not so trustworthy. She actually backstabs the protagonist. She has um, black hair. And tan skin, she's very fast runner. I don't know why, but she runs very fast. Fast as the wind. Uh, and she, um, she's really good with a blade. She's a, she's a, she's a warrior. Okay. All right. All right. I, I don't think I come up with like as much <laughs> of a description <laughs> as you guys. <laughs> like, my That's first funny. thought is that like she is someone that the protagonist is in search of like they are on some kind of adventure some journey to find her um she might be like in hiding or something or at least she's just hard to find because she is a very special person for whatever reason i'm not really sure why she's special if she has um some kind of power though some kind of knowledge and she is needed and um she is beautiful and she is intelligent and i think she has very wavy golden hair mm, okay all right so you guys were both pretty pretty on point oh, so okay. this is a fantasy um helene is a side character she is my favorite character in the book mm. she so the book is about this it, it, it kind of has echoes of like the Roman Empire, but it's in like more of a fantasy world. And she is training to become part of their military. They call them the masks. So she actually has this silver mask that is affixed to her face. It actually becomes like a part of her face. But she does have these very bright blue eyes, this like white golden hair. And she usually keeps it in like a braid. She is very badass. And she, I wouldn't say she's bad. She, I think she's the most 
good potentially no maybe not the most good in the book but she she does have a very balanced moral compass but she does work for the empire so she is technically on the opposing side to our protagonist or protagonists and what was the other thing she does wear armor she is a good fight fighter and warrior oh is she a fast runner not that I'm aware of. <laughs> that would have so been a great one. I was yeah. so compelled to say she was a quick runner. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. It's yeah, a good, wonder, it's a good book, good series. Another one for the TBR. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. All right. So that brings us to Judge Judge's title. title. <laughs> well, and we keep shorten it. It's Judge's hit. Um, <laughs> Maybe we don't shorten it. <laughs> so so we won't. Uh, but we're each going to pick a book that the other person hopefully hasn't read, just like we've been doing. Uh, we have to guess what the book's solely about on the title alone. So Dana, hit us with the title. So don't tell you the author or anything, just the title. Mm-mm, just the title. Okay. Uh, Behind Closed Doors. Oh, okay. All right. Definitely a thriller. Yeah. Definitely a thriller. Behind Closed Doors, some shit goes down. <laughs> Uh, so I would say it's about a family who on the outside looking in seems really normal, really put together, a loving family, but behind closed doors, shit's crazy off the wall. You know, they're, they're having some hardships. Um, I would say that they keep everything within their walls and they don't share anything with anyone. They're a very secretive family. That had to be my guess. They have some dark secrets, literal skeletons in their closets. So I was going to say the same thing. So now I have to readjust. (laughs) All right. So I do think it's a thriller, but instead of it being about a family, maybe it's about a corporation and there's these secret doors. So this man works at a company or this woman and they notice that there's these secret doors that nobody's allowed to go into except just a select few at the company. And the protagonist ends up getting back there somehow and discovers some very dark secrets and then has to go on the run because he or she learned what's behind those closed doors. Right. Wow. Some very interesting ideas there. Um, I'd have to say Jess is closer to it um, because it's about, um, well, just a husband and wife that seem like the perfect couple on the outside. Um, But it's, it's about mostly about, like I would say domestic abuse and, uh, some really sick and twisted things going on. But oh. uh, yeah, it's not about actually skeletons in the house. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Sounds like someone's trying to make someone else to a skeleton though, possibly. Possibly. All right. Alex, what's your title? Okay. My title is Hypocrite in a Poofy White Dress. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> Hypocrite in a Poofy White Dress? Yep. Poofy. Poofy. P-O-U-F-F-Y. All right. Uh, well, this has to be a bride. She, only a bride would wear a poofy white dress. Uh, but she, well, damn it, she's a hypocrite, that bitch, that bride. <laughs> uh, so, you know, she's getting really pissed off right before the wedding. She's a real bridezilla. You know, and she's getting really mad about certain things that her her fiance is doing. But meanwhile, she's doing the same shit. So she's a hypocrite 
you know and she's trying on her dress she's not exactly there yet but she's trying on her different gowns and she's got this poofy gown on and all of a sudden she runs out of the store because she thinks she sees somebody and she gets hit by a car and she doesn't make oh jesus oh my (laughs) god that took a turn (laughs) (laughs) that's what happens when you're a hypocrite okay (laughs) so you think it's a, a thriller I guess if she's getting hit by the friggin' car, sure. Uh, <laughs> the, car, the car actually, the, the, the church is right down the street from the place where she's shopping for the wedding dress. So it actually, it, it hits her so far that she goes flying through the window of the church. Oh um, and she makes it at the altar, but not at the right time. And she dies there. That is insane. <laughs> oh my God. She goes flying through the window of the church to the altar. That's dark. That's like a horror. I always always take mine real dark for some reason. Imagine reading that book and like be like, oh my God. Like, what? I would read that. I would read that. Too. Oh man. Um, Lesson learned. Don't be a hypocrite, Godzilla. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay so oh my god yeah bride was my initial thought too because i'm like poofy white dress but then instantly i was like all right i'm gonna try something different i thought i don't know why i'm thinking of someone younger maybe like in high school and like a play or something and um okay she is a hypocrite because maybe she convinced others not to do this and then she ended up going out for it and maybe she was bad mouthing people in the play or people who were involved and now she's there and she gets to wear it like she's the star and she has this big poofy outfit and uh maybe she's a little more sinister maybe there's a little something going on with her and uh I don't think I have anything as creative <laughs> as just as I can. I'm like, not gonna I go flying imagine, through the church. I'm just imagining that over and over again. Like, that's just so much better. I want to read her book more. <laughs> I'll write a novella for you guys. <laughs> Do you also think it's a thriller? Um, I didn't think so. Um, I kind of almost thought more like maybe like a maybe it's more of a mystery. Okay, mm. mystery. All right, so you're both wrong. It, <laughs> this, this is that, a that brings you joy you want us to be wrong a little bit no i'm just <laughs> kidding that's so mean she's so happy <laughs> but this is actually a non-fiction book oh. it's a mm-hmm. collection of true stories from this woman and it's about everyday uh occurrences that she has from when she it's kind of like a coming of age she talks about her life growing up with these hippie parents but she wanted to wear like tutus and stuff that's where the poofy white dress came in and just her experiences growing up and then as she became a an an adult how she is perceived as a feminist and things like that so i think i read this in high school and i really liked it so you're trying to pick something to uh really stump us very nice (laughs) well i I noticed the last few times i was doing this i was doing like all fantasy novels for the most part and i was getting too predictable so i gotta switch it up you know this is true (laughs) definitely true and she yep. loves her side characters so <laughs> i do <laughs> they're more fun sometimes because they can have like more interesting uh like quirks about them the side character sometimes yeah all right all right so here's my my title okay uh it's what are you going through mm-hmm. Hmm. okay i'm gonna say this is also a non-fiction and 
It's about coping with anxiety and depression. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's called, what are you going through? Mm-hmm. What are you going through? Hmm. Maybe it's like an autobiography thing about somebody, um, or maybe not autobiography, but maybe it's like, um, almost like maybe like a diary entry, like a memoir or something, um, about somebody maybe with like special needs, some kind of disorder or disability or something. And we kind of see life through their eyes of what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both incorrect. Um, <laughs> uh, so <Damn> it. <laughs> see if this would have helped too, because originally I was going to show the cover. No, you can't. That's for judge a cover. I know. <laughs> but you notice there's a little cat there. Yeah, that's cute. So What Are You Going Through is a really good book. I really recommend, but it's a fiction. And it is about a woman who is going through something. And while she's going through it, all of her encounters with other people that she meets, uh, she wonders what they're going through. So it makes her actually aware mm-hmm. more that other people are all going through things that they're not, mm-hmm. that she's not aware of. Uh, and she just, you know, kind of like toys around with that in the book, but she also has a cat and she pretends the cat talks to her, which reminds me of yeah. Alex. And that's why I thought of it. <laughs> so um, I also have psychological problems. <laughs> no, but it's, it's really good. And it kind of has a little twisty. So hmm. yeah, good. that sounds interesting. Yeah. Very nice. And it's by Sigrid Nunez in case anyone's interested. What are you going through? Nice. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. There's our judge a thing segment (laughs) i like it yeah all right so we're gonna get into our book discussion dana did read this book a while ago so we are looking forward to talking with her about it because she read it before we did so this book does begin with a chilling prologue that opens with the line if i leave this house it will be in handcuffs how did this draw you into the setting of this opening section Also, there are police officers on the scene and the narrator there states that there's a body in the attic. How did you feel when reading this opening scene? Who did you predict was speaking? And were your initial thoughts assuming they were guilty or innocent? And just in general, how does it set the tone for the rest of the novel? Uh, So yeah, I really liked the prologue. It definitely did just draw me in. Um, I do like thrillers. I like mysteries. I was like, what happened? Definitely assume the person's guilty. Definitely. I was like, yes, you are guilty. <laughs> um, it's more like, will you get away with it or not? Um, okay. And I assumed that, like many people, I think, assumed that the prologue was in the point of view of Millie. So uh, definitely as you're reading, I'm like, okay, so now we're backtracking and this is her leading up to that point. That's why I just kept thinking. Yeah. And um yeah, so I think it definitely set the tone for the novel really well and got you pulled in and excited to read. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, Frida knows what she's doing because she names the book The Housemaid. So yeah. obviously we're going to think the prologue is The Housemaid. Yeah, like, and especially as soon as you find out that's where she is, is the attic is her uh, living quarters. So it just kind of helps the feed into, okay, yeah, so... In the beginning, something goes on in her area. So she definitely did it. And you just have that in your mind. Yeah. So once Millie is hired for the position of the housemaid of the Winchester residence, things change. Nina becomes unstable. 
The house is no longer tidy. It's a mess. Nina's no longer kind to her. So how did you feel about Millie's reaction to continue working and living in this toxic environment? Did you feel Nina was showing her true colors? Did you feel bad for her daughter and her husband, assuming Nina had issues? Or were you unsure about Andrew's passive reactions to Nina's behavior? Did you feel he was just avoiding outbursts from her by letting her episodes go unnoticed? If you were in Millie's situation, would you have stayed or given your notice immediately? What did you think of the scene when Millie, uh, Nina told Millie that her daughter Cecilia was allergic to peanuts after Millie tried to serve her peanut butter on crackers, prompting Nina to gaslight her into believing that she had been told? How'd you feel about Nina then asking Millie to keep the peanut butter despite the allergy? Did you believe at this point Nina was attempting to set Millie up in some way? Wow, so she really, like, <laughs> Rita really gets you to truly believe Nina is just so mentally ill. Like, that's all you're thinking. Like, the fact that the house went, like, from being this, like, really clean, neat, perfect home that when she's interviewing to now, it's just one mess after another. And I felt for Andrew. I felt sorry for him. Like, he was just this incredible husband who was, like, just accepting of his wife, even though she had this, like, mental instability. It's like, he loves her anyway, and he's caring for her anyway. And, like, you just think he's, like, like, I just thought, wow, like, he's just this, like, amazing guy. The whole thing with the daughter and the peanut butter, like, that made me really angry with Nina. Like, I was like, okay, so she's mentally unstable, but she's also, like, it's to a level where she's putting her child at risk like that. Like, that just, like, really made me upset because I'm like, okay, even if she does have a mental illness, even if she is, like, messing with Millie, even if there is... You know, she's doing it for fun because maybe she's just like a little psycho. Uh, I was like the fact that she's putting her daughter at risk or something that's like deadly allergic. I was like, what? Who does that? And then while that's going on, I'm like, keep it, keeping it anyway. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And then when he's like, she's not allergic. I was like, of course she's not allergic because she's just psychotic. And like the daughter is, um, you know, playing in on it with it, you know, and I was just like, oh, poor Andrew again, like Millie and Andrew, like you just feel sorry for them that they're dealing with this. I understood why Millie kept the job at first because they paint this picture of her being in such a desperate position. So trying to put myself in that point of view, like, okay, if I'm that desperate, I'm living out of my car and I have nothing else, like, is this that bad? You know, like it's not the greatest situation, but you're dealing with some weird, you know, idiosyncrasies right and uh <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> nice um dana wins the sassy specialist <laughs> <laughs> you know like all right i'm like you're like okay so the daughter's life wasn't really put at risk because andrew said she's not allergic all right it's really just nina playing head games with millie and the fact that she feels like andrew is the stable normal one like she feels like okay like she has a little bit of like all right, I can deal with this. Look, he's dealing with it. He puts up with her. I can do this. So I get that. But I don't know how much, I guess it really depends on how desperate you are in that situation, how much, what your prospects are, uh, could, how long you can live like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, it had to be, Nina had to hire somebody who was super desperate. Otherwise, no one else would have put up with yeah, this. Exactly. She had the perfect candidate there. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. All right. So that brings us to Enzo, the landscaper on the premises of the Winchester estate. Ooh la he, la. Ooh la la is right. 
So he speaks only Italian, very little English, but he does manage to warn Millie of pericolo, which means danger in Italian. What did you think of this interaction and just of Enzo overall? Did you have any predictions about what he meant at this point in the novel? And in addition to that, Nina appears furious with Millie when Millie does allow Enzo into the house to help her bring in groceries one day. Why did you initially think that Nina reacted that way? And at one point, Nina's friends come over and they're at the house. They comment, excuse me, comment on how attractive they think that Enzo is. And Nina kind of zones out and brushes off their comments. At this point, did you think that there may have been something going on between Nina and Enzo? And did you think that she could possibly resent him because of maybe a past conflict or or something along those lines? Okay, so when it comes to Enzo, he definitely brings in like the creepy factor there. Like he's like, there's like danger and you're like, what? Like, (laughs) all right, I'm just getting hired here. Like some weird stuff going on. Now you're telling me there's danger. I definitely predicted, I guess, wrong because I assumed that Nina had done something to Enzo, that she had some kind of power over him, that maybe she knew something about him or she wit- like she witnessed something or um, she was able to convince him to do something that um, put his life at risk somehow. And so he was trying to warn Millie, like, stay away from her. She's crazy. She's, you know, you're going to be hurt if you stay around her. Like, that's where I thought that was going. But no, I did not think there's anything going on between them. Like even when the friends were making comments, I did not think that I just kind of, yeah, I didn't see how Enzo was really going to play into the role that he did. And um, just because we have done a lot of comparisons with the last Mrs. Parrish, I said, Enzo is the one who stands out is a, you know, something different in this novel that I didn't see an equal, um, like an equivalent in the other one. Yeah. So he's special. (laughs) yeah i was like you too i thought that nina had some kind of control over him or something was going on with that i I really thought it was nina for sure yeah especially they said like he's always at their house and more than other people and stuff i was like yeah well he has no power over like she has something on him he has to be there (laughs) (laughs) all right so due, due to nina's erratic behavior which we can definitely say that we all thought she had for sure. Um, <laughs> Millie begins to form a friendship with Andrew. They become close with one another. Andrew and Nina are going to see a play on Broadway. Millie books their tickets in a hotel room for an overnight stay. When the weekend of the play arrives, Nina claims she told Millie a different date since she had a prior engagement to drive Cecilia to camp and she threatens to dock Millie's pay. What a nice boss. Uh, however, once Nina leaves for the road trip, Andrew offers to take Millie instead. Oh, how nice. They go out to dinner and then end up spending the night together in the hotel room, racing home in the morning to beat Nina's arrival back home. So did this make you question why Millie would get romantically involved with someone who would cause her more complications with Nina, like she didn't have enough? And up to this point, Millie seemed to do whatever it took to keep her job, even put up with a toxic environment. So why do you think she doesn't consider the same consequences with her actions when it comes to Andrew? And how did you suspect Nina was going to react did you think she'd find out okay so I think all of this with Andrew is because they have it where they're building it up that she's in this environment where Nina is unstable and Andrew is like grounding her like you're no you're okay you're I'm sorry you know like she's the crazy one he so she forms like this bond with him and I think he is what helps get her through 
staying in the job because it keeps her realizing that, you know, this kind of like, okay, here's like the normal person I can connect to and I feel bad for him and he understands that it's not me. And so they have this bond and this connection growing, but that whole thing, I do feel like it's a little unrealistic that Mm. if Nina is this unstable, that yes, I could see her maybe thinking, all right, she's out of town and he's offering to take her to dinner and to the play. Like, so that's like, doesn't go to waste. I could see her maybe doing those things. But like the fact that like, she then ends up getting romantically involved with him. I was like, really? Like, like that just seemed like not something that would happen naturally. Like hmm. just because it was too toxic of an environment. I could see her, you know, maybe having the crush on him like that, like a little crush from a distance, but not actually getting involved. And once she did, I was like, oh man, she's going to kill you. Like she is going to murder you. That's, you know, when you're thinking, all right, you are going to, you know, she's going to lock you in there and torture you now because you have touched her man. And that's, yeah, I did not um, think that Millie would do that. I don't think that that would naturally happen for many people. Like I said, I can see the friendship, the connection grow. I could see her going out with him to see the play, like innocent enough. But then after that, I was like, it just went too far. Yeah. Yeah. We hated this. (laughs) This pissed me off in so many different levels. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like screaming at at the book. I was like, why are you doing this? um she's going to murder you is exactly the same thing like you said i was like, yeah. she's going to kill you like literally she's been trying to like kill you the whole time uh now you're just literally giving her the motive so yeah like she hated you it seemed like for no reason and now you gave her reasons <laughs> yeah it was frustrating <laughs> to, watch, yeah. to like watch this unfold i was like no this is stupid yeah you're doing this but we knew she so, was gonna find out yeah oh of course <laughs> So in the second part of the novel, it's revealed that Nina is not actually crazy, but rather a desperate wife of domestic violence, who, desperate to free herself and her child from harm's way, has crafted an elaborate scheme to replace herself with Millie. The perspective is changed to Nina's point of view, and it's revealed that prior to residing in the attic, Andrew, or prior to Millie residing in the attic, Andrew would lock Nina in there to punish her when she did something that he deemed unfit. How did you like this change in perspective and how did this reality change your perception of Nina? Prior to this revelation, did you sense that something wasn't right with Andrew? And before Andrew is revealed to be the true villain, were you hoping the romance or affair between Millie and Andrew would develop? Did you think that Nina's actions were justified in setting up Millie to help her evade her dangerous marriage? And did you agree with Enzo that they should help Millie and that she should not be left alone with a dangerous man and go literally through the same thing that Nina had? So when the twist is revealed and now we see Nina's perspective and we see that she's not actually crazy. This is when I had that, oh shit, I read this already moment (laughs) because this is when I was like, oh, this is just like the last Mrs. Parrish, which was the most exciting part. And it is in this novel too. It is the part that's like, oh my God. Okay. Um, And now you're starting to kind of go back and think to yourself, like, all right, this all happened because of that. And you're putting it all together in your mind. And it is very exciting part of the story. Um, And now you do feel bad for Nina 
obviously what she's had to go through up to that point. I did not predict that Andrew was like that. You know, he played the part that really fooled me up until this point. Like, yes, he, you know, had the affair with Millie and stuff. But again, I still didn't think he was who he was. I thought here is a man who, you know, has been dealing with a mentally ill wife for a really long time. He's unhappy and yeah, he did something wrong, but I was not thinking he was the psycho that he was. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Now, Nina wanting to replace herself with Millie. I feel like, again, it's one of those things where like she's in a desperate situation because she feels like there's no way out. And this was the only thing she could think of. And I feel like she chose somebody who had a criminal background, almost like she feels justified, like, This is not a quote unquote good person. I'm choosing somebody to somebody who has a criminal background, somebody who slept with my husband, um, somebody who's willing to do things um, outside of the law and outside of a moral compass. Like, so she feels like she's justifying herself in a very desperate place in her life. But I have to agree with Enzo that you can't just do that to Millie. Like you can't, just because you were tortured and because you were in such a desperate place that you can't just replace yourself with somebody else to be punished like that, that Enzo was the one who kind of helped me like, yes, you need to get out of here, but now we need to help get Millie out as well. So um, yeah, it was definitely a very exciting part of the book to have that twist and to see things from her eyes. But yeah, just because, you know, I mean, it's the same thing with like a lot of people who have had horrible things happen to it doesn't mean you can then go around and turn, you know, turn the tables on someone else and be horrible to them. So she was wrong in that aspect. What you just said sounds like Andrew, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So you were convinced that Nina was going to be the bad guy at the end of all of this at that prior to this oh yes revealed yeah yeah definitely you didn't pick up any clues from uh like towards the end you kind of pick up a little bit but before that i didn't think of anything that would make me think that i thought andrew was just like a a little douchebag i don't know (laughs) i didn't think he he was like this torturing you know creep that he really is no no they don't let you really uh they don't let you see that part of him not at first yeah I never trusted him. I was, no. I, I thought it was too obvious with Nina and I was expecting a lot of twists and I was like, there's something off with Andrew. Like, why is he with this woman? It didn't make any sense. He's supposed to be this great guy, but I was like, is he, is he so great? What's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. He was a little too perfect for me and I didn't like that. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Whenever somebody is like too perfect from the outside, right? What are you really trying? You're trying to like mask something so nobody sees who you really are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's book three about Atlas. Maybe he comes out of, uh, <laughs> maybe we find out that he's not perfect. And- <laughs> he's actually Andrew. He's actually, <laughs> yeah. Plot twist. He's Andrew. Um, don't, don't marry him, Lily. Yeah. <laughs> no, Lily ends up they, in the they make him this saint. Like, he is raising a child that's not his. He's living, you know, dealing with this woman who is mentally unstable and still loving her and still trying to be a good husband and provide for them. And you're like, they make it seem like he is like this perfect guy that way. And you're like, eh, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think this may have been one of the 
earlier novels I've read of hers. This wasn't like um, in order of how she wrote them. This is one of the first ones I read of hers. And so I was not prepared for as many twists as now. I know like all her novels have like incredible twists and you're like, now I read them like, what else is going to happen? What could, what what could she be doing next? But (laughs) I was just, yeah, I thought this was all about how Nina was crazy and what is Nina going to do next? Well, we do find out that Millie learned Nina had been committed to a mental hospital. So that was accurate. But it's revealed that she was put there against her will by Andrew, who drugged Nina and framed her for almost drowning her daughter, who was a baby at the time. No one believed Nina's abuse. Nina wasn't allowed to leave the hospital until she actually accepted that the attic was nothing more than a storage closet and that she invented the abuse that Andrew would lock her inside and punish her by forcing her to rip hairs out of her head individually, for example, that it was all in her mind. So how did this make you feel? If you were in Nina's situation, would you have done anything differently uh, when faced with the fear of this man harming your child? How do you feel about him gaslighting her and everyone around them uh, that this never happened to make Nina look insane if she ever mentioned it again? And how does this reflect real life situations of domestic abuse? Uh, were you able to feel Nina's pain and fear through Frieda McFadden's writing? Uh, definitely felt her pain and fear. Like I felt such anxiety for her. Like I felt the desperation because the fact that he messed with her child is really the part where it was like, she felt like she couldn't leave. Like her child was at risk. And now, I mean, this is why these kind of things make you realize you should, you have to be very scared of rich and powerful men that can just do anything and can convince people that you're the crazy one. And that was all it took to getting someone to con- believing that Nina was the one that was mentally unstable. Now he had the power over her and the safety of her baby. So she had to do what he said and she had to obey by his rules because she thought her daughter would you know he would do anything like he was he could have drowned her like he could he really did not care and she realized that she had to play the game and you just feel so helpless like I felt that desperation and helplessness that um Nina must have been feeling in that situation I think she did a really good job at putting you in that point of view and I was like Oh my God, like, what do you do? If you have medical records saying you're, you're the one that's wrong, you know, you have police records saying they found this and like, you've been tested and this is in your system. And this is what you did. This is where your baby was. The phone records show like, you know, who was calling, who was like, you're like, how, how do you, how do you explain all of that? And people have to believe you over him. And, you know, he's rich and powerful and has an alibi for everything. And it's very scary. And I think that that is how, you know, people get into these desperate um, domestic abuse situations where they feel like there's no way out, especially when there's children involved and you feel like you have to do what you can to protect your kids. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was realistic though, but I mean, I'm not in this situation, thank God. But if I was uh, Nina in this book, I would have waited until he fell asleep and I would have killed him (laughs) in his sleep. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I think um, some people do go that route. (laughs) I'm not advocating on this show that anybody should kill anyone. This is Uh, only fictional people and a fictional scenario. Yes. (laughs) And uh, our fictional Andrew here uh, is only going to get worse. And he was, uh, he deserved everything he gets. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So Millie wakes up in a locked room 
in the attic, realizing that Andrew has, in fact, locked her inside. There is a small refrigerator inside with three small bottles of water and several books scattered on the floor. Through the keyhole, Andrew lets Millie know that if she <laughs> that if she wants to be released, she must balance three heavy books on her belly for several hours. When she takes the books off, he returns but accuses her of removing them a minute too soon and therefore forces her to do the action again. How did you feel about this scene and of seeing Andrew's true nature firsthand? Once Millie's torture is deemed acceptable by Andrew, Millie is able to snatch his phone and reverses their roles, locking him inside without water where she proceeds to torture him extensively. Eventually, the torture leads to Andrew's death from dehydration and starvation several days later. How did you react to Millie's actions, Andrew's death, and the way that she let him die? Um, okay, so initially it's like she is in shock. Like, what? Did not see this coming, could not believe, like, you know, doesn't believe it's serious. And then when she kind of gives in to this is, you know, he's crazy and he's doing this, she's trying to get through it. And she's like, okay, I'll put them on. And then it's just, that was like his physical torture element with the books on her and then he has to go to the mental place you know to try to break her down even further by saying "Mm, it's just a minute too early so uh you got to start over because he's trying to show her that he's in control and he's trying to break her down the way he did nina and that's what i kind of love about millie though is that uh she's not going to take that and she takes her first opportunity to you know, switch things up and torture him. And it definitely went further than I ever thought it was going to go. Like I did not, as she's doing things, like I did not imagine it getting so graphic, like so, um, (laughs) so much torture. Like I thought she was just going to kind of leave him in there and maybe like call the police or something. And like, but kind of enjoy a little bit of like revenge. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it to you now too. But then it was just like, it kept going and kept going. And Yes, obviously, murder is wrong. And obviously, um, she took it to a very extreme place. But at the same time, you kind of feel like you don't feel terribly bad that it happened because of who he was. Like, he was such a sick and twisted person that he did this to Nina, he did it to Millie. And because he was this rich and powerful person, you have to think, could he have gotten out of this? Could he have gotten away with this somehow, like talked himself out of this and who would be next, you know? So I didn't see it going to that point where she was going to torture him to death. Um, But when I read it, I was just kind of like, well, good for her. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Because if she would have called the cops, he could have maybe gotten out of it. Um, Yeah, this is kind of the way he had to go. Yeah, this is the way that we know he's not going to hurt anyone else. Yeah, exactly. I think he definitely would have gotten out of it because they would have known that she had the criminal background. She had him locked in the attic and then he's supposed to be this wonderful man that everybody loves and adores. So, you know, it's easy to just be like, she's crazy. She locked me in this attic and made accusations against me. And it's just Nina 2.0. Exactly. Yeah. Must have learned it from Nina. Yeah. 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 Nina drove her crazy and then she took it out on Andrew. I feel like that's where it would have gone. There are people who can talk themselves out of things. And, you know, especially he's got the money to help back him up and help him with things. Um, 
get him out of situations that he shouldn't be in. So that's how he's going to look at it. Like, I just got to get out of this situation. I shouldn't be in this. And uh, who do I pay off? And it could have easily went the wrong way. So Millie made sure things went as needed. Yes. Yeah, yes, she did. for sure. <laughs> uh, and, and the reason why Millie is such a badass, uh, we're going to find out right now. So during Andrew's torture, it's revealed to readers why Millie's been in jail. Her friend was screaming when she was younger. A classmate had been forcing herself on himself onto her, leading Millie to bash him in the head repeatedly with a paperweight, crushing his skull and killing him before he even made it to the hospital. So what was your reaction to the truths of her past? Do you think she did the right thing for her friends at the time? Uh, what do you think of how it affected Millie's life from that point? Do you think jail toughened her to be able to avenge her abuser in the way she did and enable her to stomach torturing him? Or do you think that she already had this ability beforehand? And how do you think you would react to an abuser had you been in her position? Um, it's also mentioned Millie took a plea deal because... Quote, there were other incidents, other things that would have come to light if she'd gone to trial. So what do you think this means? Do you think that this was her first time taking a life? Uh, in this chapter, we also learn Nina did a background check and she knew of Millie's past before hiring her, admitting, 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 uh, admitting I hired her to kill him. She just doesn't know it. Uh, so what are your thoughts of, of this information? Well, first of all, um, I, it makes me think Nina is so clever. Like she like thought this out so perfectly and was like to, to realize I'm going to like, this is why she was in jail. This is what happened. She's going to be the perfect person. She's going to kill my husband. Nina brilliance there. Um, finding out what Millie did to the classmate. Like I was surprised because you're, like, oh, you're wondering like, what did she do? How bad was it? But again, I, Again, there's a feeling where you're like, it's justified. Now, do I think that that's something I could have necessarily done in that situation? You don't know until you're in that situation where if you're seeing somebody, if you're like in close quarters and you're seeing somebody like being attacked like that, I can see you wanting to save them, protect them. You know, you're going to take something like, I don't believe she was doing it with this intent of like, I'm going to kill this man. It was like, you're attacking. I'm, I'm helping kind of like trying to get you off and um, get you off of her. And she grabbed a weapon because he is a larger man than she is. And it just happened to be that it killed him. I don't think it's that jail toughened her and now she was able to do more of this with Andrew. The fa that, that little like little hint that they said that there were other incidents kind of makes me think that this is something that is a pattern for her. Maybe that was the first time she took a life. Like maybe it was the most extreme and, you know, she was in um, college and, you know, helped her friend there. But maybe there were other instances where she felt like she was getting justice for someone who needed her. If, you know, in schools, like little things where nobody was killed, but maybe people were hurt. Maybe there were, you know, school records and maybe even police records of minor things that were, came up here and there where she did things that were not legally correct, but she felt like were morally correct, like avenging somebody who was being hurt. It makes sense that she was able to then torture Andrew because this is kind of like, oh, hell no, you're not going to do that. Like, this is who you are now. Now you must pay. And Nina figured that out. And Nina hired her because of that. So I think Nina's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Nina's yeah. a badass. Millie's yeah. a badass, too. They're both badasses in different ways. And I think yeah. they're very similar in different ways, but very dissimilar also. So I think it makes yeah. it interesting. 
little cast. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But we, we had pretty much the same thoughts as you. Yeah. Okay. So after Andrew's death, Nina arrives at the house to help Millie, who clearly did not need to be saved from Andrew in the end, <laughs> but yet it was the other way around. Nina tells Millie that considering her past, she should leave and Nina will deal with the consequences. We then realize it was Nina's narrative in the prologue. And uh, we also learned that she gave Millie a hefty payment. How did you feel about Nina's decision to help Millie? Do you think that this surprised Millie at all? And do you think that Millie understood Nina's actions toward her up until this point? In addition, how did you feel about Nina's decision to return to the house and potentially confront her abuser? And do you think that had Millie not done the deed already that Nina would have? Again, I think this is, you know, largely in part of um, Enzo really helping Nina get back to reality that Nina wasn't a bad person. I think she was just abused for so long and she was so desperate she was trying to get out of this like bad situation and initially she was just like you know putting millie in there and you know it would be great if millie does what i want and kills him but if not like it's her problem now and not mine so i think enzo really changes her viewpoint of that and helps her to realize all right millie doesn't deserve this you need to help you need to go back and so i think she definitely does the right thing by helping Millie get out of there. I don't think Millie was expecting her to come back. I think um, that she wasn't, um, she really didn't understand that Nina had this plan, I don't think, for a while. I think Nina would have. I think at that point, Nina was out being away from him. I think having that freedom, I think it made her feel stronger and more powerful. And the idea of going back, I think she was so angry and had so hurt from him. I think she would have killed him herself. I really do think that she would have done it if Millie had not. Yeah, she was ready to confront him. And I, I really, I really like the way it ended. And I think it was perfect that she told Millie to leave and she took it. Um, you know, she took all the questioning and we, yeah, we find out it was her in the prologue. You're like, Oh, that's another little fun twist. Uh, I liked that part of this. Yeah. Same. I did too. Because it really makes you think and you have to go back and read the prologue and you're like, wow, okay. So now you have yeah. to read it through through Nina's perspective. Because yes. I initially thought it was Millie's. So yeah, I liked that too. Yeah. All right. So how'd you feel about that ending? Uh, in the final funeral scene, we get another twist. Uh, Andrew's mother advises Nina, if you don't take care of your teeth, then you lose the privilege to have teeth. Andy knew that was my rule. When I pulled out one of his baby teeth with pliers, I thought he understood. Uh, did you sense Evelyn, Andrew's mother, was behind Andrew's abusive nature? Did you believe that Evelyn would side with Nina over Andrew's death and overall make statements such as, it's such a shame that he never really learns, and I'm glad you stepped up and taught him a lesson? Uh, I mean, this is a mother and her dead son. So yeah. <laughs> how'd that make you feel? And do you believe she viewed Nina as weak previously, which is why she never really cared for her? Do you think she has the capacity to care for anyone? Uh, after making that statement at her son's funeral and why do you think she admits these horrifying truths to Nina were you disappointed Evelyn didn't meet some punishment after her cruelty to Andrew as a child and did this revelation offer any sympathy for Andrew or alter your perception of him as a victim uh, how do we feel about the irony of the pliers that Millie had actually found in Andrew's toolkit and what he endured as a child at the hands of his own mother so wild <laughs> yeah so obviously the irony there is fun um that you're like 
Okay. Did not see that coming. Um, but it makes so much sense though that, you know, someone who's so sick and twisted a lot of the time it's because they had crazy, a crazy childhood. The same reason, like we said earlier, like Nina didn't have the right to leave Millie there to be tortured just because she was tortured before, even though Andrew grew up obviously with a very sick and twisted mother, like I can't even imagine. That's just, ugh, it's just too much. Um, he, he still, he still, you, I don't feel sympathy for him. How he, you know, because of all the, his actions as an adult, um, you know, there were other things he could have done. He could have, you know, gotten help. He could have sought therapy. He could have, you know, worked through some of these problems and tried to have been, you know, not an evil psycho torturer. Um, so I don't feel bad <laughs> yeah. for him. Um, I was surprised um, that the mother was, you know, confiding all of this in Nina. But I think it's also because, like, she doesn't see anything wrong with it. Like, she probably did view Nina as weak before. And now she was kind of like, almost like, good for you kind of thing. You know, he deserved it. You know, he needed it. And she's acting like they're talking about anything like, oh, yeah, like, uh, he didn't put that back. So you uh, threw it out like, okay, he, you know, like, that's no big deal. Like, okay, like you taught him a lesson. No, like, what? Like, she, she thinks that they're having like a bonding moment, it almost seems like. Yeah. So yeah. like, oh, let me tell you this because we're not so different, you and I. Like, how yeah. <laughs> teeth are <Exactly>. a privilege. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I can't. I can't even. But uh yeah. This it does me, it's this threw me for a loop because when I read this, I hated Andrew. I was telling Alex I hated him. And then all of a sudden I was like feeling bad. Damn it. I was like, Frida, really making me feel bad for like childhood Andrew. Not necessarily adult yes. Andrew, but baby Andrew had it horrible like he was getting his little teeth yeah. pulled out i was like come on this is messed up and i was uh she messed with me yeah because i was like damn you now i feel bad for the little, little guy yes <laughs> yes if you think about him as like different people if you think about like baby and yeah of course you're gonna feel bad for him like but again it's the same thing like when you it doesn't mean you have the right to just do anything as you get older we all have had something in your life here or there, no matter how bad it is, you don't have the right to hurt other people. So that's what yes. it comes down to. That's yeah. right. All right. So Dana, would you scoop or skip this book? And how many golden scoops would you give it? All right. Um, I would, I would scoop it still, even like it wasn't perfect. There are a lot of similarities to the other book there, but it's still a good book to read. Um, I don't know. I'd say like let's go in the middle. Like, is that like three, three scoops, three out of five? I think. Okay. Is that, yeah. a, is it yeah. out of five? Yeah, it's out of five. I, okay. I think I also, I also yeah. gave it three. Yeah. So everybody wants to know this, so we're gonna ask, uh, "What's your ideal <laughs> meal after that delicious?" <laughs> yes. Now that we are definitely, <laughs> I hope we're not pulling teeth with that question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, for me, uh, my favorite meal is chicken franchise over linguine. Mm, yummy. Maybe a side Caesar salad. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I could get behind that. I love some chicken franchise <laughs> and, and a side seas. Side seas? Chicky, yeah. chicky, fry, fry? <laughs> chicky, 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 chicky. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Parks and Rec, Dana? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. I've <laughs> got it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dana, for coming on our podcast and talking the housemaid with us and playing some yes. games, quizzing us. Yeah. Hopefully. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, this was Hope fun. Had a good this time. was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully yeah, you can hope. be on again in the future. Yeah, we hope Definitely. to have you back. That would be great. Yeah. All right. We'll try to do it earlier. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not on, on the brisk of all of our uh, bedtimes. Yeah. Sleepy <laughs> time. Old ladies. <laughs> old people. Old people. <laughs> All right, we're going to turn the podcast over to Jess's husband, Doug, for a manly minute or a Dougly minute or a chug of Doug. We tried to get Alex's husband involved, but he's too shy. Maybe in the future. For now, here's a healthy chug of Doug. And now a healthy chug of Doug. What's going on, people? How are you doing today? I'm pressed for time and I have an important issue. Did you guys know that 2% of hot dogs have human DNA in it? And not just regular hot dogs. I'm talking vegan hot dogs. How does this get into a vegan hot dog? Is Sally working the conveyor belt and just loses her finger and then it just goes down and no one stops it and she's screaming and people are like, what are you doing, Sally, you bitch? Get back to work, you bitch. And she does and no one stops her from doing this. I, uh, how is this happening? How is this real? Why am I reading about this now? So many questions that I need the answer to and I am gonna get my investigative pen and pad out here and get back on Google and find out what is actually happening here. That's all I got for you guys today. Stay tuned for the next Manly Minute where you can get tips about sports, working out, reading, gaming, and other fun topics. Just a reminder to stay after the episode for some bloopers and bonus content. Next Tuesday, October 3rd, we will be reading and reviewing A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. Join us then for our thoughts on the young adult mystery thriller. And join us again next Thursday, October 5th for another hottie episode. And don't forget to mark your calendar for our next Book of the Month episode, which will air on Wednesday, October 25th. We'll be reading and discussing Catriona Ward's horror novel, The Last House on Needless Street. If you haven't read the upcoming books, but you'd like to, head on over to the link in our bio and get a copy for yourself so that you can participate in our discussions. You don't pay any extra, but if you make a purchase using one of our links, we do get a small commission. So thank you so much for choosing to support us. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, it would really mean a lot to us if you would leave a positive review on Spotify, Apple, or whatever streaming service you're using. We would really appreciate it if you would spread the word by telling friends and family about the podcast. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. We also want to remind everyone to be on the lookout for our live events on TikTok. We're planning to do some live events soon and we'll post upcoming dates on our socials. If you're just tuning in, this is what you can expect from our podcast. We're going to be releasing new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So be sure to check out our socials for updates and also some bonus content. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and other platforms. Click on the link in our bio for access to all of our socials, our website, and other links. We encourage you to reach out to us with thoughts, ideas, questions, and feedback. You can email us at bookswithcooks at gmail.com. You can also find our full book reviews on Goodreads. These links will also be available at the link in bio. If no one told you today, you're important and valued. You belong here. You're doing great. And we believe in you. Now let's turn the page and put a fork in it because we're done with this one.
Next to Tuesday. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Oh my god. I know. You said you were ready. She said for, for Dana, Stoop. Dana! Stripping you off. Dana! 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 Oh, not Dana. Oh, not Dana. Denial. Dana and I want to make sure that you're going to be home by eight. That's disgusting, Dana. It's Dana. My Dana? Where's Dana? Dana, jump down! Jump! Come on down! Jump down! Dana, jump! Dana, I got you! Thanks for listening to my mom.